With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Different kind of cloth that we cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will not get high. Yeah, you wish. You wish it was Mike Keller. No, I know. Mike's got a good following. Everybody wishes it was Mike Keller. It's Bob Brainerd. Back here pinch hitting for Mike on the Mike Keller Show. John Adias, as we always say, back in the Madison Studio Complex while I'm here in Milwaukee. John does all the heavy lifting. Presses all the pretty flashing buttons on the board so you can hear us loud and clear good afternoon john hey fellas what's up what's up bob what's going on well cheeriness um i'm in a good mood and i think you know everybody in wisconsin that i have touched base with face to face either either phone or in person today there's a little lift in the step not only because it's friday because it's a sunny friday and and i know it's chilly around our state still by spring standards because we're here, but whenever the sun's up, I mean, it's, I just, I notice it. I notice this in people. And part of it is the weather. Part of it is they look at the calendar and go, my gosh, opening day, less than a week away. It all helps. It all gets those frozen innards. They start to thaw a little quicker when we get to the end of March yeah. in Wisconsin. I was feeling great today because it was Friday. And it was sunny outside. And like you said, it's not really warm, but it's sunny and we miss the snow that's like southeast of us. You know, it's, it could have could have easily gone north or southwest, Either, easily could have gone northeast and we could be dealing with like five inches of snow. How did we dodge that? I mean, I mean, we're, we're like the poster child for getting dumped on in spring when we all think that spring is here and we put everything away and winter's over. I mean... This has happened time and time again. And to see this big blob of snow blowing through Iowa and Illinois, and we're not getting a flake. Unheard of. Unheard of. Just dodged a bullet. But we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll enjoy this nice spring day throughout Wisconsin. And this Friday to kick off a big sports weekend. uh, Because we are getting closer to the baseball season beginning for real. Not the fake games. Uh, NCAA, which which kicked back into high gear again last night. More terrific games. I mean, you get through those first four days, John, when you hunker down and you're just eating nachos and just polluting your body because you don't care. It's it's the NCAA tournament, and yeah. you, you you go through that four day stretch, and you get through it, and you kind of take this big deep breath and say, "Wow, that was fun." And especially this year, you kind of take a step back and go, "All right." That was tremendous. 
unheard of, historical, as we all know, for many reasons. And, and later on in our show, we're going to talk to one of the, the young men who helped make history in the NCAA tournament from Maryland, Baltimore County. little teaser there for you. Ooh. But you think it can't get any better. You think we've exhausted all the drama. We've exhausted all the buzzer beaters and the great possible storylines. And then last night arrives, and there's more. How about it? Loved it, man. This is what it's about. I love watching these upsets. Absolutely. I do, too. I, I, I do too. I, I, there's, there's a camp that's out there that follows this tournament that they'll, they'll give you a mulligan on all of these crazy first-round, second-round matchups. And, and they'll even get into the hype of the little guy, you know, David and Goliath. They'll get into that. But when you get to the Sweet 16, that's when they backtrack and say, okay, that was fun. You had your little novelty act. Now it's time for the big boys to play because we want to see the majors go at it when we get to Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, and then a championship. I'm not in that camp, John. I don't care. I say let's keep riding Loyola. Let's keep riding Kansas State. Let's keep riding all the underdogs as far as they can go. I agree 100%. That, it, it frustrates me. It frustrates me when I hear like, okay, party's over. Now you can go home. No, the party isn't over. I want the party to go to the break of dawn. All right. I want that party to keep on going. And, and I am, who cares if Duke or Kentucky, I'm just naming the blue bloods or North yeah. Carolina or, or Syracuse Kansas. or Kansas yeah. or Michigan. I don't care if they win another title ever again. You know what would be the, one of the best stories of all time? If Loyola of Chicago won a national championship, I don't think it's going to happen, but I want them to have the opportunity, which means keep on winning and get to that point. That might be the greatest story of all time. So I find it confusing when people say, no, I don't want the potential of the greatest college story of all time in the tournament. I'd rather see the team that I always see win it, win it again. <laughs> like, wh- why? <laughs> if in, this, in the same vein, when, when Maryland-Baltimore County, the first 16 seed to knock off a number one, when they handled Virginia, beat them by 20, and then the next, you know, two days later, they got to play Kansas State. And ugly game from both teams. I mean, they just mucked it up against each other. A lot of defense, but a lot of poor offense involved in there. And Kansas State was able to survive. But heck yeah, I mean, I, more, majority of the people that watch those guys pull off that dramatic historical victory, they wanted those guys to do it again. It would have been fun to see them playing last night against Kentucky. And what if they go in there and they knock and then they knock, knock off Kentucky? Then you say, how long can this role go? Right. I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, John. I it, when when you get a chance to make history mm-hmm. and to be what some of these teams are doing in the NCAA tournament, let them have their run. Let them have their fun. If they can take it to the limit, by gosh, you know they're going to earn it. They're going to deserve it because it, it's not an easy road for them. So. If they can get there, hats off to them. I'm watching them. All right, let's do the 3-3. Three, three. This is the Big 3 at 3. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number 3. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, there's a reason why we remember George Mason and VCU. Exactly. Because they went deep and they did something historic that's never been done before. And there's a reason why. Imagine if Butler, was it Gordon Hayward who misses mm-hmm. a half-court shot against yeah. Duke? If that drops, that's probably the biggest win ever. 
in college basketball. Biggest shot, biggest win. Like Butler won a national championship, and now obviously Butler's a, a different type of program as it's built up through the years. But at that time, man, that's that's what you want. Yeah, and 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 you go back in the day too, similar to Butler when Gonzaga wasn't sure. Gonzaga that we know them now. When they were that that team that everybody's like, where is Gonzaga? You know, we don't even know where they <laughs> yeah. are located on the map. And when they started winning games, and when they were coming into the tournaments, and they didn't have that big resume, and because of the conference they played in, and they were getting a you know a midline lower seed, and they were knocking off some of these heavyweights. Well, yeah. I mean, the program turns around because of that, and it does with Butler and Gonzaga, but maybe. A, you know, maybe that's what these other, these programs that they're doing is they're starting to build a resume and kids are starting to look at them now during recruiting and saying, hmm, that's a good place to go play hoops. Yeah, I agree. Same thing. Gonzaga, another great example. Yeah. Um, all right. So, three of three. Yeah, yeah. Three of three. Number three. Uh, speaking of the NCAA tournament, did you see Kentucky? They did not shake the hands of the Kansas State yes. coaching staff or players. Here's John Calipari afterwards. I went down to shake their hands too, and they were, they were turned and celebrating so that I walked off. They're in the lead eight game now. Chance to go to the final four. My team's not like that. Neither is our program. There's no disrespect in any way. Okay, what'd you think? Baloney. 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 You can't okay. He understands they're going to the Elite Eight. He gives them that credit. And yes, they're gonna celebrate that. Fair enough. But you can't stand there, put a towel over your head, put your hands in your shorts pockets. And just wait for them to calm down. I mean, they're not, that celebration was not going to go that long. The coaching staff was starting to corral the players. You can see that. I mean, if you want to break this down, instead of breaking down a replay of a dunk or a foul, break down what was happening and look at all the angles where the celebration is starting to die down and the coaches are starting to gather the guys and say, okay, guys, get in the line and then we'll go celebrate in the locker room. I mean, how long has Calipari have... How long did he give them? How long was that grace period? I, I won- Five seconds? <laughs> I wonder the same thing. Listen, this isn't the first time Kentucky has been doing something like that. Badger fans will remember there were uh, select Kentucky players, a few of them actually, I believe, that didn't shake the hands of the Wisconsin Badgers after Wisconsin knocked off Kentucky in the final yes. four. So this isn't anything new. This is something that he lets happen. And listen, you can we can debate the merits of the handshake line and whether or not you like it in pro and or college sports. I look at it as as that respect issue. Listen, you can sit there, like you were saying, you can wait 15 seconds before they're going to celebrate. This isn't the first time that a team has won in the NCAA tournament in an Elite Eight game, right? There have been other teams that have had to wait and watch other teams celebrate. I just think it's it's a lack of class, and I don't know. There's something I, I think about, and I said this earlier today on the Rundown with John Audius <clears throat> from 11 to noon on the Big Ten 70. I said this earlier, like, listen, I I can't pretend to to be in the mindset of a player or coach who puts in all their time, all their efforts, early workouts in the morning, like for months and years going back to high school to get to this point and then you lose. Like I can't get in that mindset. So I understand that they must be very frustrated in that respect. But there's something about showing some class towards your opponent, right? And I think that's what the handshake line does. And John Calipari and his team completely dismiss it all the time. And it drives me nuts. Just wait 15 seconds. I guarantee... John, that you know, you mentioned great point. You mentioned when the Badgers did this to Kentucky, and Kentucky wasn't there to shake their hands. I guarantee that the Badgers weren't whooping it up anywhere near the level of Kansas State because the Badger. I mean, under Bull Ryan, it, it, it's all business, right? Sure. I'm, there, there was some celebration. Now, I, I got to go back and look at the tape. It was a big win for but, sure. I mean, you're getting to the it, national yeah. championship game, so they were it, happy. It was, 
Yeah, it was a big win. But you remember the guys on that team. And they're a very, I mean, that's a stoic group, a business, you know, business-like group. And, and Bo Ryan, you know, if, if the, his guys took off and they were celebrating, quote-unquote, too long, he'd be over there ripping them by the arm, socket, and tossing them in the line saying, hey, you know, shake your hands with the opponents. We'll do, we'll do some more hollering in the locker room. So the, the precedent was set because it, it happened there. You know the Badgers didn't take that long, and yet Kentucky, they, they scooted themselves out of the arena in a hurry. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not buying it. Drives me crazy. Number two. Number two in our big three of three. I saw these. I thought we'd throw them out here since uh, we will be talking baseball uh, a little bit later. Uh, Brewers regular season prop bets from Las Vegas. There's a ton of them, so I'll just uh, – who do you want to do here? Do you want Yelich, Braun, uh, Kane – uh, uh, there's Davies. Do, yeah, do do Braun because Braun. Yeah. Okay. Just ba- because over under batting average Vegas puts the line at two eighty. <sighs> Boy, they. I think over. You think so? I think you can go over. I would I would say under, not by a lot, but he he's going to get hurt. He, he's not going to play <laughs> right. a full season, and and whenever he comes back, he's it takes him a while to get back into a groove. So I would say under 280. But I think in the end, he'll end up right around there. You know, 275, 280, 282. But, I mean, that's a good number for Vegas to put because it makes you think. Yeah, he went to over 282 of the last three years. Last season was below that at 268. Uh, the year before that was at 305. All right, Ryan Braun. Uh, let's see, homers, 22 and a half. Oof, that's a great number. That's another great number. <laughs> um, I'm going to go uh, under. Yeah, I would go under too. And again, I think something's going to happen to him. And whatever happens to him, it always affects batting average. It affects his psyche. It affects his power numbers. So I think that goes below that number as well. How about Yelich? We'll throw this one out here. They put Yelich's over under batting average number at 290. Yeah, he's an interesting dude because of, you know, you look where he played and the progression he made. And we haven't seen the threshold with Christian Yelich yet. So, but what's going to be different about his game now that he's in Milwaukee, not Miami? He had some big bats around him with the Marlins, but you know, change of scenery sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes it takes a while for a guy to get adjusted to everything. So that's another good number. I would just say under because I think there's going to be some some valleys here. There'll be some peaks. But I think there'll be some valleys for Yelich in his first year in Milwaukee. Just like Braun, two of the last three years, he has gone over that number, except for last season mm-hmm. when he hit 282. All right, that's number two. Let's move on to number one. Number one. Number one in our big three at three. And by the way, what do we got? Scott Nelson coming up here in about five minutes, yep. right? Um, yep. People are asking on Twitter, am I rapping today? Yes, at 335. Yep, it's yep. The, it's the Friday wrap-up. Um, we'll also talk Brewers with Todd Rosiak, JS Online, coming up uh, after I wrap. Um, Tremont Williams was the news yesterday. He signs on as a cornerback, 35 years old, returning to Titletown. So how about this? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like this is the greatest signing of all time, 1 being this is the worst signing of all time, where would you put the signing of Tremont Williams? I, I, I would go in maybe like the 7 area, uh, only because if this was just a guy, if it was just some guy, you would go, man, 35 years old, so now it's going to go below 5 on my, on my scale. But it's a guy who has had success in Green Bay, who wants to come back here. There's a need for him. I mean, we've been talking now for weeks with all the free agency flying left and right, but the Packers are not adding 
guys at the secondary. They're actually subtracting. So I think they're in desperate mode, and I think that ramps it up to be a 7 on the grading scale only because there is such a need. So anything he does will be a plus now because they're running out of options at this point. Unless you're going to go with the draft, and 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 you can, they're going to answer in the draft. You know they will, but then you have to go through the growing pains of having a guy as a rookie come in. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And throwing a lot on his plate. Yeah, you're right. I think it's a pretty... I'm, I'm putting it at a, at a five. Um, but here's this surprising stat that people have pointed out to me on Twitter, at John Audius Radio from Pro Football Focus. Now, we had Bill Huber at Pack Report on yesterday, and he mentioned that you know one thing that surprised him was... Uh, quarterbacks completed less than 50% of their passes against Tremont Williams last season in Arizona. So I thought, okay, well, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. And then it's also been pointed out, uh, quarterbacks had a passer rating of, I think, like 58 or something against Tremont Williams last season. So basically, Pro Football Focus ranked them ranked him as the ninth best cornerback last year. And, and, and again, you, you hope he brings just a, a small amount of that into the 2018 season, and you got to feel that, again, he wanted to come back to Green Bay because he's comfortable there, because he's had success there. So I, I think because of the fit, because he's not going from one team to another brand-new team, and he has to start all over again, to him he's just going to fit right in. He should be able to provide those similar type of numbers when he's back with the pack. Uh, by the way, uh, on Twitter as well, Big Lou says, not a Kentucky fan, but there are photos of Kentucky coaches and players in line shaking, K- well, he wrote KU, but K-State uh, coaches' hands. And uh, I did Google it, so not everybody on Kentucky went to the locker room, but at least some did, because there's a, a screenshot of the final yeah. score, and there's people shaking hands. So not yeah, everybody, see. but just like with the Badgers, there were some that didn't. And um, I don't Calipari said he just turned around and walked away. Yeah, we know. We know, Coach. We know what you did. We saw what you did. So say whatever you want. We know what happened. Um, that's it, our, our three for three, right? Yeah, that's three. Yep, that's our three for three. Is yep. that one, two, three? Yeah, I, I wasn't good in math, John, so just, just double-checking. <laughs> oh, me neither. Um, yeah, lots to talk about on the show and, and a lot of directions we're going to go. Badger football, they're under the bubble, but the spring game, <laughs> if this doesn't make you think about spring, the spring game is two weeks from, no, three weeks, three weeks from today, and it's under the lights. So Badger football getting ready to put themselves back on display. Scott Nelson will talk about it after the break on the Mike Keller Show. Mike Keller Show rolls on on this Friday with Bob Brainerd sitting in for Mike Keller. John Adias joining me courtside in the cockpit as well. What is this music, John? I thought I, thought I knew it. That's why I had the long pause. 
Who is this? Sorry, I was on the phone. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't sorry. Know. I have no idea. It was <laughs> nothing like nothing like dead air from the fill-in guy, right? <laughs> uh, and then you come back and say, uh, "I don't know." I can't get Scott Nelson from the Badger Radio Network uh, on the phone. No, so I just played a generic bet. I have no idea what it is. Okay, no sorry. idea. Sorry, my bad. It's all my, good. my bad. Yeah, I'll, let me try Nelly uh, again. Hold on. Okay. Well, well, well Scott Nelson, um, we we we're trying to grab him because. He told me he's going to Florida for spring break, and but Scott's a busy guy, so he's uh, he's also a um, assistant track coach now uh, at Sun Prairie. He was uh, one of the assistant football coaches at Sun Prairie, a team that made it all the way to state last year in Division One. And so Scott, who was quite the athlete back in the day, as they say, he's helping out track side, and uh, told me he'd be available Friday to talk Badger football. Who uh, they're they're working under the bubble. They're getting ready for the spring game, which is a couple weeks away. And we've tracked him down. He's he's put away the starter pistol pistol and uh, put all the uh, the hurdles away in the shed before he heads out to Florida. Scott, welcome to the Mike Heller Show. Hey, thanks, guys. You're a busy dude, man, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but you know that's okay. Uh, <laughs> keeps me out of trouble, I guess, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. All right, we'll get right into it. Badger football. I mean, if there's this is another sign of spring. A lot of people gauge it when the Brewers start with opening day, but I like to get the Badgers back in there when when they start putting the pads on and they start hitting one another and you get closer and closer to the the spring game, which will be in a couple weeks in in April. It, it, it's exciting to me as a Badger football fan because of what they did last year and and to think about the possibilities that if one game would have turned their way. Think about what we've been talking about in the off season, Scott. Yeah, I, that's the the neat thing is there's. I think the guys have really taken to that. Um, certainly during winter conditioning, and you read a lot of things. You read um, Jonathan Taylor doing a lot of things. How do I get better? The little things that matter to these guys, and um, it goes from senior leadership that they had last year. Uh, defensive line did a great job in, in helping kind of bring that defense along, and, and guys followed suit. The hard part is then you got to replace people, and that's what spring ball is all about, is trying to find guys to, to build depth, uh, to, to build a core foundation, to find out who some of your leaders are going to be. And, um, but it certainly is exciting. When anytime it, as a player that you can feel that and you sense that and how close you were, that just fuels the fire. Um, I, I think for those guys heading into to winter conditioning, now into spring ball, and then eventually into the summer conditioning. Scott Nelson from the Badger Radio Network joining us on the Mike Keller Show. Scott, when, let's go back to the olden days, your playing days. When when you get to spring ball, sorry about that. Uh, That's all right. when, when you get to spring ball, are guys chopping at the bit? I mean, regardless of what happened the year before, are guys just chopping at the bit because it's like, yeah, I, I've been off long enough. I've gone to just classes long enough. I want to hit somebody again. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. If you ask me to go back to my days, it was we were fighting for a starting job. Um, that's the time that Barry came in and everybody was really um, competing to, to play. And I don't think that part has necessarily changed, but I think the way they approach things, meaning coaches and um, athletic trainers and, and doctors and how they approach things with the kids, uh, is we got to make sure we get them through, get them mentally sharp, get them mentally ready. Uh, and some of the physical things with kids we've already seen do that stuff, uh, the mental reps is a big thing. The ones that really need to to take hold and, and take some ownership of that are the guys that are young that are trying to fight for maybe the second position, maybe a third position, maybe working through multiple uh, positions across, uh, say, an offensive line um, and building depth. But that that's the piece for the young guys that, hey, I need to show what I can do. I haven't played for a year, maybe two, 
in some cases three. Um, but for the veteran guys, it's really mental reps and staying sharp, I think. But, yeah, I, it, there's always stuff, guys, when you move through fall camp, you hear we're sick of hitting each other. We're sick of, well, you get sick of just running and, and trying to get faster and stronger. And then you want to play some football. Then you do that. And then you get tired of that. Then you get into summer conditioning. <laughs> it's the same thing. How do how do we get things rolling again that way, build a momentum heading into fall? So there's all these little uh, check marks, so to speak, on your calendar. Okay, we're sick of us. Let's move to the next. What's next? And, and I think that's the beauty of it, too, is trying to fuel that fire of, as a coaching staff, how do you keep the kids hungry, keep them energized, and keep them excited uh, no matter what part of the phase of, of the year that you're in, the season that you're in, or, or off-season conditioning. Scott, I will, I will fess up. Um, you know, Alex Hornibrook, when he was in there full-time last year, drove me nuts. Drove a lot yeah. of Badger fans nuts. But I converted, and I fessed up and said, okay, I've seen the light. I see what this kid can do. Hopefully he can just do it on a consistent basis. That was the Miami game, you know, the, to close out the season. He was so darn efficient and so good and pinpoint with his passes. Wasn't staring down receivers so that a, a defensive back could jump in front and pick it off and frustrate us all over again. With, I know it's not; it's just one game, but was perhaps that sort of the coming out party for Alex Hornibrook in that he sees that when he looks back and thinks back and says, you know what, I can do that in every single game. You know, and I think Alex showed that even a little bit in BYU, what he could do when he has time to throw, guys are competing for the football. Um, I think there was a progression, even Bob, through the part of that game that um, were guys in that first quarter, I think they were a little awestruck, maybe a little shell-shocked. Miami was fast, and then you could start to see the transition on our side of the football. Somebody competed for the football, made a huge catch, big run, great block, great tackle, and now you start feeding off each other. And I think when, as a quarterback, Alex frustrates me to no extent either, you know, And but you've got to be really good to play at that level. Well, he showed that he's really, really decent when he has time to throw, when he has receivers competing for the football and, and a run game that goes. And I think he got more and more comfortable. And now, lo and behold, here we talk – so fast but he's a junior he started for a year and a half really when, when you think about it off and on with um with those what was it just retro freshman year we saw guys back and forth back and forth right so dual quarterbacks and now here he said he's the lone starter and i think he solidified himself last year with that certainly in the miami game with the things that he was able to do but he's got a core of receivers that i think have really calmed him down that uh, he doesn't have to be perfect on a throw he needs to be on the money. And I, I don't mean that on the money right to the receiver. I mean that to a spot and let those guys go compete. Danny Davis, uh, Cephas, you go down the line, and some of those guys are nursing some injuries now. But when they're back healthy, they're, they're a young group of receivers that are aggressive, that take to the coaching, that take to some of the criticism. Uh, and I think they're hungry to be successful and to show what they can do. But to show what they can do, they got to work with their quarterback to make sure they look him that, that he looks good too, uh, so they continue to get the ball. Uh, and then you throw into the the mix Paul Christ and, and Joe Rudolph, the offensive coordinator and head coach, obviously with guys that understand how to put people in position to have success. And when you do that, I think that's the beauty of it. All the pieces were functioning perfectly in that game. Uh, but we saw a glimpse of what could be for the next few years, especially with an offensive line that comes back intact. Uh, this next year with all the starters back and some depth coming. There, 
I, I think our offense is going to be the strong suit of this team, but they got to go on. They got to take ownership of that, and they, and they have to do it every single game. The consistency is the biggest piece. Absolutely, Scott Nelson from the Badger Radio Network. You're leaving the state, aren't you? Are you out of here now? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm heading someplace warm. But I'll be thinking of you guys quite often. Yeah, yeah, we'll be thinking of you too, sure Scott. You not. <laughs> yeah, not. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. Safe travels, my friend. Uh, come back. We want to see you before the spring game. But uh, in the meantime, go get warm. Hey, thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you, Scott Nelson. You'll hear him sooner than later. Football season right around the corner. Spring game coming up in April. When we come back, we'll talk about that other spring game, Brewer Baseball. Even closer, John, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll talk some Brewers. And I know the people want it, Bob. It's a tradition unlike any other. It's the Friday wrap-up. I'm wrapping. I'm wrapping coming up next. And then we'll talk with Todd Rosiak as well. Can't wait. show on a Friday means it's a rapping Friday. Bob Brand along with John Adias, who does the honors yeah. of wrapping things up on a Friday, right, Jonathan? That's right. So we'll talk with Todd Rosiak at JS Online here in just a second. Uh, but it's become kind of a tradition, and I think it's going to go full-time here in a couple of weeks. Every Friday uh, at about this time, I-, I put together a rap, Bob. So this all started... Uh, here, hold on. Let me push this button. This all started um, because... I, I wrote down a rap on my phone when telemarketers call. And so instead of just like, do not call list, I like rap to them and it ends with like, please drop me on that do not call. <laughs> and just to, just to mess with them, waste their time because they're wasting my sure. time. So everybody's yeah. time. Let's just waste everybody's time. So Mike's like, okay, well then wrap it. And so I did and he liked it and apparently people liked it. And, and then someone suggested along the way, hey, why don't you do that? But about sports and call it the wrap up. So now, just not telemarketers, you're going to waste our time, right? Yes, now I'm going to waste everybody else's time. And by the way, uh, if you you want to hear it again, (laughs) the only way we play it again is if I get that feedback on Twitter, at John Adias Radio, that's J-O-N-A-R-I-A-S. So you want to hear this week's rap? I do. All right, here we go. Bring it. It's the wrap-up at John Adias Radio. Here we go, Bob. Number one seed, and you not, not afraid to claim that since UVA lost, handle all questions with class, not groaning, moves like Tony Bennett, not like Mick Cronin, to try to stop me. What you gonna do? I'm Jimmy Graham scoring on you when it's fourth and two. I put up 94 on you like that UConn crew, and I'll drop a triple-double like LeBron did too. Pack it up, hang it up like Joe Thomas, not gonna give it a go. In 2018, see you later, NFL, like Loyola said to Nevada when they dealt that L. Speaking of L's, the Bucks look mangled, limping down the stretch like a Giannis brain ankle. But let's view it from a different angle. Might play better if they suited up Bango. Pack fans been waiting for help at cornerback. Goody makes his move, brings to Ron Williams back. Not a top talent, but definitely not a hack. Probably end up making big plays for the pack. Bikes spent a ton on Kirk. Well, so what? The clock tick-tock until Rogers wants his cut. Then the salary cap for the pack blowing up. Got Packer fans angry screaming, John, you're not. Got a little UMBC in me. Flow is T-I-G-H-T. Can't you see? I-S-T-I-N-G like a B and I'll B-E-A-T. You're down like Sister G. There you go. 
That's impressive. That's the wrap that's up. Im- that, that's impressive. Now, now I'm I'm old school, so it's hard for me to relate, you know, to the stylings of rap, John Adias. Okay, you got a different kind of different style flow. Yeah, because because I am I, I'm old school. I'm just plain old, but. Let, let's bring in a real music connoisseur all the way from Arizona as he gets ready to wrap up spring training. That's Todd Rosiak, beat writer, brewer beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You heard it, Rosiak. What do you think? Hip-hop, hibbity-hibbity, hip-hop, hip-hop, you don't stop, bang-bang, but isn't that how that goes? <laughs> Rapper's delight. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done, Rosie. Nicely done. <laughs> I knew you'd have a good spin on things. Um, is it the dog days? You know, winding down? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Or are you just are you you've had it with spring training or do you say light at the end of the tunnel I can get there I can make it? Uh I I think we're at the light at the end of the tunnel phase right now. Dog days was about a week ago. Just, just kind of, just kind of out of your reach, your your return flight home, at least mine anyway. Um, so, got a few more days coming home Sunday night. Uh, my intrepid colleague Hodger Court will be heading with the team to uh, Houston and San Diego, so I get a little bit of a breather. But he's going to keep grinding. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, lots of stuff still going on, lots of things yet to be determined. So it's going to be a definitely going to be a full, uh, busy few days here until. The Brewers actually do set their roster and uh, are, are ready to go for opening day. Yeah, Todd, as you know, it, it, in, in years past, sometimes you'd go to spring training for Milwaukee and it would be, all right, we pretty much know who the 25 are going to be. There might be one or two different, but you, you kind of knew what the staff was going to be like. You knew what the, how the bullpen was going to shake out. You knew what the offense was going to be. And yes, I mean, there's not going to be a major overhaul. We still know a lot of the pieces. But because now, you know, you've got these, these injuries that came down to two arms, two guys are going to end up on the DL, now all of a sudden there's a few more fluid pieces, aren't there? Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, changed, the, changed the picture uh, for the starting rotation for sure. Um, you know, you've got Guerra, Suter, and uh, Brandon Woodruff, who's pitching right now, basically fighting it out for those last two spots with, uh, with Wade Miley. Uh, I'm sorry for yeah for the last two spots. Miley got hurt the other day, and um, in the bullpen with Boone Logan getting hurt also. You know you're down a lefty and an experienced guy too, so you're going to try to fill that spot as well. Injuries are never good. There's never good timing for those things, but with the team wrapping up camp here, obviously the the timing was was pretty bad and pretty tough. And if uh, history proves anything with this group, is it's that the uh, you know, the, the front office is definitely going to be monitoring things. There will be guys cut and the player moves being made elsewhere. And, you know, they, they've shown the tendency in years past to tweak that roster and add guys from the outside right right before they're, they, they do have to set that opening day lineup. So it would not surprise me a bit to see another, at least one more new face added here in the coming days. 
Todd, uh, Brandon Woodruff, you mentioned him, and, and I thought going into camp, and I think a lot of Brewer fans thought, like, this is kind of an under-the-radar guy who showed enough things that he might be able to jump in, grab a spot, be sort of a guy that no one expects, but the opportunity was there, and if he would put things together in spring training, that he would be one of the guys that would make this rotation and be a guy they could count on. What, what's your take on his spring so far? Um, well, he's only making his second start in a, in a major league game here today and uh, ha- hasn't had a ton of opportunity to really show what he can do. I, I think he's, he's kind of on the outside looking in, and that's not to write him off or say that he's not going to factor in at some point, because I think he is. But, you know, I think uh, the, the Brewers were, were completely uh, content to go with uh, Wade Miley and Brent Suter as the four and five guys um, coming out of camp and both pitched well up until recently. Um, you know, obviously Miley got hurt, and then Suter's had a rough last couple of outings. So, um, you know, he's a guy that obviously has got a lot of potential, and they, they expect a lot out of him. Um, he's been they've been been talking about he's been talking about his, his fastball command has been really good, and obviously everything starts for pitchers with the fastball command. It's the off speed stuff that he's been refining and, and tweaking and trying to work on. And it remains a work in progress. He gave up a leadoff homer today to, to uh, Ian Half of the Cubs. So, uh, you know, it would not surprise me a bit to see him uh, be on the uh, Colorado Springs opening day uh, roster and in that starting rotation. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You send him down, let him make those refinements, let him work on things. And there will be a need at some point in Milwaukee. And then you call him back up, and he's got a little bit of experience under his belt already from last year. And you let him go, and you see what he can do. Todd Rosiak, Brewers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, joining us on the Mike Keller Show with Bob Brainerd and John Audius. Todd, we still got this glut of outfielders, and I think during spring training, everybody was saying they're going to make a move. They're they're going to try to acquire an arm, and they've got these outfielders to do it. So the Brewers are holding all the cards. Well. Now here they are getting ready to break camp, and they're holding all these outfielders, too. I agree. They can still do something here, even up to right before opening day. But right now, I mean, we're less than a week away. you still got a lot of bodies clogging the outfield. Yeah, well, we, we've been given indications here as recently as today by uh, people in the front office that the, the outfielders that they have are going to be the outfielders that they go into opening day with, uh, meaning... You know, those of you who are hoping for a Domingo Santana trade or a Keon Broxton trade, it's most likely not going to happen. So, you know, you're going to go with, with the guys you expect here on the Major League team, and they're not going to want to hear it. It's not great news, but Keon Broxton, Brett Phillips, they're going to be opening the year unless something really crazy happens in the next week in, in Colorado Springs. There's depth. They have options. That's the tough part of being a young player with options is that it allows the Brewers to, uh, and any major league team, to send those guys back and forth as they see fit. And uh, with the depth that they have up here with Yelich and Kane and Braun and Santana, those are the guys who unfortunately uh, take the fall. And, uh, you know, neither one of them has had it. I'm talking about Phillips and Broxton. Neither one has had a a tremendous camp so far, so... Not real. I don't think it's going to come as much of a surprise to either one of them. You know, anybody who read the paper the other day saw Phillips's quotes about the uh, being the squirrel with the nuts and everything. So he he pretty much sees the handwriting on the wall. But I think the Brewers just look at depth as a great thing, and it is a great thing. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be you know some inconsistency, some underperformance maybe at times, and that gives the Brewers an option. Um, you know, a few options to look at uh, if and when those uh, situations occur during the season. 
Uh, Todd, I know your your partner in crime, Tom Hardicourt, he's he's mentioned this a couple times during the offseason and, again, during spring training. But I think now as we get closer to opening day, it bears repeating because last year no one expected anything of the Milwaukee Brewers. And then here they are contending up to the final days of the season. Now they go out, they make some moves, they've got a lot of the pieces back, you've got that target, and you don't have that surprise element. So it's going to be interesting, I think, for a lot of folks to watch this team and see how they perform when people are not allowing them to sneak up on them like they did last year. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the tables have turned, and you know what was supposed to be a several-year rebuilding project all of a sudden really got ramped up, and the you know, the timetable got moved up, and, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You know, uh, many people are picking them to be in the playoffs this year, you know, pundits, fans, everybody. And uh, it, it's going to be different. You know, it, it's going to be more interesting. There's going to be more pressure. There's going to be more eyes. You know, you could just tell by, uh, you know, the spring training, the number of national uh, reporters who are coming in, checking in with the Brewers, because that never really happened in years past other than, you know, 2011 when it was expected that they were going to do some some good things. So um, I think these guys welcome it. I think these guys are looking forward to it. And I think they believe that they can uh, they can respond to the challenge and compete. Todd Rosiak, always a pleasure, my friend. Safe travels back home to the homeland for opening day, which is less than a week away. Give us a little quick wrap to wrap up your segment. I'm, I can't even do it. I'm fried. Come I'm on. Sorry. I gave you. I should have <laughs> saved what I gave you at the start at the end, man. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, you should have. You can't do sorry. it on command. That oh man. You got you got a wrap out of me either way. So I mean, that's good. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll just we'll just play that back. Thank you, my friend. Have a good trip back. All right, guys. Take care. See ya. It's Todd Rosiak, beat writer, Brewer beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, giving us a little sneak peek of the Brewers this season. Yeah, maybe next week I'll throw it back with a little Todd Rosiak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, the, the tweets are coming in. Tanner, me listening to John Audius Radio's Friday wrap-up. He's got the gif of some dude clapping. Dominic says, what the hell did you just spell in that section of your rap? I put it out on Twitter if you didn't hear it. Uh, Sean Campbell says, Mike drop. Hashtag mic drop, a little fire emoji. Um, Tina tweets in at John Audius Radio. You're a nut. Love the Friday wrap-up. So it looks like, Bob, the people are loving this week's wrap-up once again. We might have to bring it back at 435. I won't argue that. I think it's worth another play. So if anything, the folks that missed it, they're hearing us talk about it. No worries. We'll wrap it again on The Mike Keller Show. They're the in crowd, we're the other ones It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from We let our color show where the numbers ain't We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint That's who we are This is the Mike Keller Show That's how we roll Call the show at 877-729-1070 The Outsiders Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show The Outsiders now, here's Mike Keller. Another power hour ahead on the Mike Keller Show with Bob Brainerd in the cockpit, pinch hitting for Mike. Final day of vacay for him. John Adius joining me, riding shotgun. Hey, fellas. What's up? Wrapping away. If you, if you missed the Friday wrap, no worries. 
It'll make a comeback here in the 4 o'clock hour. I guarantee it. John guarantees it. It'll be worth the wait. Yeah, more people on Twitter. Ken tweets at John Audius Radio. Play it again. Richard at John Audius Radio. I missed it. I need to hear it again. When will you play it? See, that's what we do. You, you, you play it, and then you tease the people, and then you just reel them in. And you, let's, let's, play, let's play it, John. I'm thinking about like 4.55. You know, We say 4 o'clock hour, but we just... You know, let's just drag this out as long as possible, make everybody... <laughs> how, about, how about we give it at least at 4.35, <laughs> and then maybe at 5.35. Fine, fine, fine. fine. We just keep fine, dragging we'll... it out, and then the show's yeah. done. Yeah, because that's okay. what we do. Never got that's to what we it, do. sorry. The, the bosses like that. You know, they, they want you to stick around for the whole show, not just, you know, give, give away all the meaty stuff early on. Um, kicked around a lot of topics. We, you know, talked about Badger football which is in spring session as they get ready for the spring game coming up in a couple of weeks. We just had Todd Rosiak from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's the Brewer beat writer, kind of giving us a, a taste of things going on down in Arizona as the Brewers get ready to break camp. And I was going to say head north, but they're actually going to head west to San Diego to open the season on the road. Different way for them to open than normal. Usually it's opening at home, and usually it's you're not opening against somebody like the Padres, but... This time it'll be on the West Coast. But then again, you've got the early start this year with baseball starting for real next Thursday. Still in March. We're going to be playing baseball for keeps, so that's going to be kind of different. But um, both of those things, John, sure signs of spring as we get ready to turn the page into the new season here for both of them and get ready to think warm thoughts. I, I think you and I are the only people that aren't going someplace warmer this time of year. Because, you know, Heller's gone. We heard from Scott Nelson. He's leaving on a plane to go to Florida. So everybody except us, they're gone. They've, they've left the state. Good point, Rosie. What, what are I we mean, thinking? I don't know. I got to get it. You know what? I've never had a spring break. Not even college. Nothing Why like not? that. Uh, Why not? Money. <laughs> oh, okay. Money, uh-huh. basically. Yeah, it costs a- sp- yeah, spring break costs, costs money. Wherever you go, whatever you do. Right. I mean, I mean, you can you can find ways. I mean, if you're if you're a college kid, it's going to cost you money, but it's probably going to be mostly mom and dad's money. Let's face it. But when you get into the throes of everything, you can find ways to stretch your dollar in spring break. But I mean, lo and behold, it, it, it ends up it, you, you know you get you get stupid drunk one night and you start throwing your bills in the air and. End of story, end of wallet. So It sounds like you have a story you're going to tell us now no, about spring no, break. No, oh, no, is that not? No, it's, it's just what I hear. It's what I hear happens on spring break. I, I, I like to choose, you know, as, as I'm older now, if I do a spring break, I, I, I like to go someplace where, you know, if either, either Florida or Arizona, where it's just warm and I can enjoy some baseball and just relax. And I don't, I don't make it an all baseball spring training trip, but just, you know, you visit the park a couple times. Sure. You sit there and remember what summer used to be like back in Wisconsin. You have a cold beverage. You enjoy the sunshine. And the rest of the time, I mean, you know, a little golf, a little pool, just, just R&R. That's, to you me, know, that's the perfect spring break. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, exactly. You know what my perfect spring break would be at this point of my life is going somewhere warm and golfing all week. <laughs> that just, works, too. Just golfing. That that's works, all I too. Do. I just want to golf. Get on the course. It, it's it. amazing. It's it's amazing, John. When us Wisconsinites get off a plane, you know, especially this time of year, and and we and we go somewhere warm. It, it might be an island. It might just be Florida, Arizona, or California, what have you. 
But you can tell a Wisconsin person or somebody from the Midwest getting off a plane because they suck in the air. As soon as they get off the plane and walk out to the terminal, those those doors open up, the electronic doors open yeah, up, and they take yeah. this big, deep breath. And I'm guilty of it, too. I do it, too. But it's almost like we're trying to suck the warm air in and then hold it in and take it back with us when we have to go back to Wisconsin a week later. You're right. There's nothing better than getting off the plane when you're going somewhere warm, and as soon as they open those doors, right, and you step out, and you're like, whoa, yeah. it is different here than where I was coming from. This is you awesome. Ha- <laughs> you have to suck it back in yeah. because it's been so long since you've had that opportunity to have your lungs suck in humidity. It just gets you in a good mood. I know. I it's know. amazing what that, that, like, just warmth after not having it for forever. And yeah. Just, just how that makes you feel. You're like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is good. That's why people go to spring training, because they may not even be baseball fans. And you can watch guys playing that have number 78 on their jersey, and there's no way you're going to see them at opening day. But you don't care, because you're sitting on the lawn. You know, you know, Maryville's great for that. And a lot of the parks in Arizona, which is where I usually head, they've got the lawn seating. And you can sit there. I mean, it's cheap. It's probably like 5 bucks. You throw a blanket down. You're sitting in the sun. You got the grass underneath. I mean, we haven't seen grass either. We haven't seen green grass. That's another yeah. Wisconsin eye opener during this time of year. So, it, it, for for me, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And again, for a lot of people that aren't even baseball fans, they'll go to spring training. Even though the game doesn't count, even though a lot of the players they don't know and they won't be on the roster when they start playing games for real, but it's just sitting on the grass, and it's enjoying a lineys. I hear. I hear. But uh, got to get back there next year. Time now. It's the 4 o'clock hour. Time for the 4 at 4. Easy for me to say. This is the Big 4 at 4. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number 4. Uh, this isn't really trending, but it is something that you and I talked about briefly before the show today, and it's, it has to do with baseball. Is it true that you have a fantasy baseball draft coming up? And and I, if it is, yeah, yeah. Um, are you a fantasy baseball guy? Um, yeah, I have been for years. Okay. I even go back so far as I think I first started playing in the '80s when you we, we did you know you didn't have the technology that we have today, where you can literally be on different parts of the globe and guys can draft their teams, no matter the sport. But this was meeting at a bar in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and you have guys that have sheets of every single baseball player, and you went through every player and had to bid on them or not bid on them to to, to fill your rosters and fill your team. It took hours, (laughs) but but that's why we had it at a bar. True, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. For me, I don't take it that serious. Just from the standpoint of, we're not talking big gobs of money for the winner at the end, but for me, it just kind of keeps me in touch with the game. It makes me feel like when I turn a baseball game on, and not just a Brewer game, but any game, I sort of have an understanding of the players and the teams that I'm watching just because I'm playing fantasy baseball. It's definitely a great way to keep up with the sport. There's no doubt about it. I don't know, man. I, I, 
all I can do is brackets and fantasy football. <laughs> you you like the easy road out, right? That's all I can do. Yeah, I did fantasy baseball one year. It was a chore for me. Like I'm like, I don't want to update my roster, or I forgot to update my roster. You got to do it every day. You have to be yeah, on it, it every day. I, I agree, John. It can be a chore, and some guys make it that way. No matter how easy the league is, yeah. they still get into it with a vengeance because they want to win, even though it may be a hundred bucks when it's all said and done. But they want to win. They take it seriously. I'm not one of those guys. I just enjoy being a part of the camaraderie, if you will, of playing against my buddies. Good luck with that. Number three. All right, number three in our big four at four. So did you have an issue with some of the Kentucky players and coaching staff not shaking hands with the Kansas State players and staff uh, after the game in which the uh, Wildcats beat the Wildcats? Uh, Here is John Calipari, Kentucky head coach, afterwards. I went down to shake their hands, too, and they they were turned and celebrating so that I walked off. They're in the Elite Eight game now. Chance to go to the Final Four. My team's not like that. Neither is our program. There's no disrespect in any way. Uh huh. You, you buying that? Sour? Yeah, no, I'm not buying it. It's it's sour grapes. He's he's putting up the good fight and the good face there, but again, I mean, we, we've said this earlier. It's, you can't stand there in the handshake line, pause, let them celebrate. I mean, he admits, yeah, they're celebrating and they should celebrate. They beat us. They earned it. But you can't wait for them to just kind of get it out of their system quickly. If it okay, John, let me let me put it this way: if if the players are going crazy and they're they're pulling themselves up on the hoop and they're uh, they're in the stands and they're clearly not coming out because they're celebrating with the fans and everything, and if if, if it clearly is going to take a while for them to recover and get in the line, then I would say you can walk away and say, you know what. They made their choice. Their choice was to go celebrate with the fans. Nothing wrong with that. But that wasn't the case. I mean, Calipari, it's like he had a stopwatch in the handshake line and goes, you know, one banana, two banana, three banana, boom, I'm out. Yeah, I, I this really frustrates me because this is the first time some uh, Kentucky players and or coaches have done that. It happened against Wisconsin in the Final Four. Not yes, everybody from Kentucky went to go shake the hands of the Badgers, and now we see it again happen a few years later against Kansas State. That comes from leadership. Man, if, if John Calipari really thought that handshake lines were important or that respecting your opponent or showing them admiration in that way was important, he would have everybody stand in line, and he would wait 20 seconds. Now listen, we can debate whether or not handshake lines are good in pro and or college sports, but for me, it's a it's a thing that happens in college sports, and I think it shows a lot of character from the other team. You just got beat. It's a tough, it's a tough, tough loss. Nobody likes to end their season, especially with a with an easier path that Kentucky had in front of them. But come on, you got to show a little bit of consideration for your opponent. And I think it's poor sportsmanship. And it comes from John Calipari. And it's not the first time he's done it. And I don't know why it gets me so fired up. But just stand in the damn line and shake their hands and then go back to your locker room. Tony Bennett did it. I mean, 16 knocks off a one. You know they were celebrating and they had a right to celebrate. They throttled Virginia. Tony Bennett and his guys they were there giving them props, and they let them have a little time to celebrate. They understood that history was made, even though it came at their expense. And yet, go back and look at the tape. Cavaliers shook hands with the Retrievers. Case closed. Yeah, and just one, one last point. It's not like this is the first time a team's ever advanced to the Elite Eight and celebrated. 
right? I mean, it's not this is this happens all the time. Teams win right. and they celebrate because they moved on in the tournament. So to use that excuse like, hey, they won, they're going to the lead eight. Yeah, that happens all the time. That doesn't stop all the other hundreds of programs who have been in that exact same situation throughout all the years to stop and shake the hands of their opponent. It's just a, it's a lame excuse is what it is. It's lame. And, know, and knowing what a class act that Bruce Weber is, the head coach of Kansas State, let's say his guys are off celebrating with the crowd and it's lingering and lingering and they're not getting in the line. I'll bet Bruce Weber would just turn to Calipari and say, you know what, we're, we're good. Don't worry about, you know, you guys can head out. Don't wait for them. And that would have been it. Case closed. But Calipari couldn't wait a few seconds. Got to get out of there. Yeah. Don't like, like it. it. Don't like it either. Number two. How about uh, some baseball over-unders, specifically with the Milwaukee Brewers? This is from Bovada. They put out a bunch of over-unders for, I mean, there's like 20 of them here for the Brewers. Uh, we'll start with a couple. I'll just do some random ones here. Ryan Braun. Home runs, 22-and-a-half, Vegas has it. Hmm. See, see, as we all know, it's going to depend on his health. If the guy would stay healthy and you just give him normal rest here and there just because you're trying to keep him healthy, he can certainly go past that. He certainly can. But recent history tells you that something's going to happen. And whatever happens, it sits him down for a good chunk of time. And then whenever he comes back... You know, you handle them with kick gloves because, okay, we don't want it to flare up, you know, whether it's, it's the back or, I mean, what have you. He's had such a smorgasbord here. So I would have to go under, John, just because uh, something's going to happen again with Brian Braun. Right, like six, seven years ago, I'd been like, over, what is that? Oh, that's yeah. a ridiculous bet. But nowadays, yeah, I think it'll be close. I think that's a great number. I'll go under. How about Kristen Yelich batting average? 290 is what they say for one of the newest brewers. I think they're thinking big things because change of scenery for him and he'll have some bats and he'll have some support around him. So I think that's why it gets a 290. Uh, he was below that last year with the Florida Marlins. There were still some big bats there with Osuna and, and Stanton, obviously. But I think that's why that number is where it is. It makes you think, makes you give pause. But I think the thinking is that he's going to rebound here around a Milwaukee offense that if Travis Shaw is on, if Thames is on, if Braun is healthy, if Kane is contributing, if Santana, who's still on the roster now, if he's providing the power, then Yelich can he can certainly contribute and get get you those numbers. I think that's where that number comes from, the fact that they're looking at his new surroundings, thinking he will thrive. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Travis Shaw you know, had his breakout season, what, yep. 31 home runs, I want to say, last year. Uh, they've got him at 26 and a half home runs. Can he do what he did last year? Or is he going to fall short of that number? Well, that's the big question. You know, does Thames, you know, he had that monster start to the season last year. You, you, you got to think he's not going to do that again. He might put up the same numbers when it's all said and done. But I think the same goes for Shaw. You know, can he give you those numbers and do it on a consistent basis where, I mean, like, like Thames was just gangbusters to start and then he just really went down and then he kind of had an uptick at the end. But Shaw was pretty consistent. So I think if you, if you ask anything out of him to be a consistent contributor offensively, I think he can get those, John. All right, let's move on to number one. Number one. Uh, what do we got this hour, by the way, before number one? We got Brian Butch coming up in a Brian little Butch. bit. Yeah, we'll talk yep. about the NCAA tournament and uh, UMBC player Joe Sherburn, who's from Wisconsin, right? 
Yeah, he's a Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin product. He was on the court for that uh, Retrievers over the Cavaliers upset. That's so cool. By the way, we'll play the wrap-up again in case you missed it at about 4.35 or so. Uh, so nice. Tr- <laughs> so Tremont Williams signs with the Packers. It's official. Uh, two-year deal. Scale of 1 to 10. 10 great signing, 1 bad signing. Where do you put this for the Packers? Um, I, I would say 7, um, only because I, I know he, he's older. But I think the comfort level is there for Tremont Williams, which is why he wants to come back. Um, it's a new defensive coordinator in Patton, but I just think the surroundings will treat him well. And I think he'll be welcomed because of the thinning secondary. I think he'll be welcomed, and he'll be that leadership guy that, that they need. He'll be a voice out there that, you know, the grizzled veteran that um, they're going to go and draft some guys in the secondary. You know that. Which round is the question? But whatever they do, and bring in maybe some more bodies through free agency, what have you, but I think I think he will thrive only because he'll have a lot in his plate and he'll accept it and he'll feel comfortable being back in green and gold. Uh, I put it like a five because I mean it, it wasn't a big splash signing. It's definitely not bad at all. It's I think it's solid. It's it's fine. Um, I, I don't know what to expect out of him. I will say this about Tremont Williams: is some sneaky good numbers uh, that Pro Football Focus put out on Tremont Williams. Uh, last season, I think his completion percentage allowed was under 50, 49%. Passer rating allowed was like 58. And in fact, Pro Football Focus ranked Tremont Williams as the ninth best cornerback, I believe is what somebody on Twitter uh, pointed out. Uh, ninth best cornerback, or at least top 10 or something like that, in the entire NFL. So this might be like a sneaky, good um, good pickup. But the only thing I'll say about those numbers, and, and I like it, and Tremont Williams, maybe he can come back and provide leadership and yada, yada, yada. Um, it wasn't too long ago, right? Like a couple of years ago, was it um, uh, Quentin Rollins and both had picture him? Yeah, both had like really good numbers, and then the season after the secondary was horrible, and then this year the secondary is horrible as well. It was I, I don't remember the timeline as well, but the point is sometimes you have good seasons. So I, I don't know how much stock I like the numbers, I really do, and uh, I just don't know how much stock to put in them sometimes. You're going to give him a five with room to improve based on performance on the field. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Yes. You go. That's what he said. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Let's yeah, do that. There you go. Yeah. Succinctly. That's our uh, four at four for you. When we come back, Wisconsin Herd assistant coach Brian Butch. We'll see how badly his bracket blew up in the NCAA tournament. That's next. Brian Butch joining us. Double B with Double B on the Mike Keller Show. Everybody, for joining us once again on the Mike Keller Show. There you go. It's Friday. We're kicking it. And joining us, giving us some of his valuable time. It's valuable because Brian Butch is an assistant coach with the Bucks G League affiliate, the Wisconsin Herd. But Double B joining us to kick it around on this Friday on the Mike Keller Show. Brian, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. We got our hey, last home game today, our last game of the season today as well. So, wow, uh, it's been good here in the Fox Valley. It's been a good experience for everybody, I think. 
That's great. That that went quick, certainly. Hey, this time of year, you being a former player on the college scene, when they jump it up on that first Thursday a week ago, NCAA tournament, do you get the goosebumps? Do you get the butterflies? Do the, does the juice start flowing for you? You know, the juice gets flowing a little bit, but ultimately it's, it's kind of the, it's the excitement for what's going to happen because playing in it for as many years as I did, and then being a fan prior to it and now after it, you know something's going to happen exciting. And, man, we saw, we saw it last night. We've, we've seen it throughout the last couple of weeks. That's what makes March Madness so special. When you were involved in it, Brian, what was the best part from a player's perspective? Because, you know, coaches go into this thing, they're so businesslike because they know the finality of if we're not prepared to the best of our ability, this is going to be over in a flash. But when you guys are in it, what's the best part? Yeah, you know, for us, it, it's crazy to say this, but, you know, the best part is the preparation. I was, you know, I was probably a little weird about everything, but you know, that's also probably why I played 10 years professionally after Wisconsin. But, you know, I enjoyed the process so much. The you know, being able to go in, you shoot around, and, and it's open to the crowd, and then you get a chance to go to a local college and you practice and you prepare for your first round game. And we we usually won our first round game. Then we got another practice at a closed uh, university somewhere around you know wherever we were at. Then we played another game, and you know, we usually won that one as well. So you got moved. You moved on to that second weekend, and so for me, it was it was it was a business type deal it was always a business trip in our minds and you know the process was always the same because we had one goal in mind i was very fortunate to be on a lot of really good teams at wisconsin and our end goal was always you know get to the final four and see what can happen and even though we never you know had that happen to us because of some injuries and different things that happened it was always that mindset of hey we we know what we need to do we know what we're capable of doing we've got to try to get it done so it was that business mentality you know, Brian's been a part of our bracket uh, kind of show, bracket challenge for the past several years. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, I know a lot of people's brackets got busted, especially what in the South region. How you looking? I'm all right. I got Villanova still in it on one side. I should say I'm all right as far as one side of it. I got Villanova and Duke meeting in the final four. So that's, that side's really, really good. You know, it's just a two side of the bracket. That's all I'm worried about. We don't worry about that other side that's blown up. We just we don't even talk about yeah. that. Like, yeah, nothing. You know, the to Arizona in the national championship game that doesn't get brought up. That that we don't even mention that. That's all. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> don't even look at the big A in the middle. It's it's never going to happen. Don't, but no need to look. Turn away. Well, I think it's funny is everybody's bracket got blown up pretty much. So it's it's kind of even, right? Because nobody had Kansas. No one's going to have Kansas State. No one's going to have Loyola of Chicago. No one's going to have those. So I think it's kind of like a push because everybody's bracket is crushed in that region. But let me ask you about some of these um, underdogs. Are, where do you stand? Are you on the side that says, okay, the Cinderella's we're good. We have enough of you. Let me see the other teams now. Or are you like Bob and myself? We say, hey, you know what, Cinderella, keep dancing. I want to see you win the whole thing. 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm more of on the side of it's great to have the Cinderellas for a little bit, but now we've got to kind of get to the bigger schools and you know the better schools because ultimately what I what you want to see is at least for me personally, I really want to see you know a good national championship game. But when you sit back and you look upon it and you, you say, you know, it's either going to be you know Loyola Chicago, Kansas State, Florida State, or Michigan in the national championship game. Of those three schools that are maybe going to compete against a Villanova, Duke, really only Michigan, I feel like, would give me a good game. I really want a good national championship game. When Wisconsin was in the Final Four against Duke in that national championship game, really good game. You know, you had the Villanova game winning three, really good game. I think if you get some of those Cinderellas that keep winning, I don't know if that game and those Final Four games are really going to be that good. We'll find out. Let him play it out and find out. <laughs> Brian Butch is joining us on the Mike Heller Show. Um, you said you're wrapping up your first year with the Wisconsin Herd and assistant coach Brian Butch. How do you like wearing the assistant coach cap? It's different. Uh, you know, last year at this time I was still in Japan playing and, you know, really living out a dream. And now, you know, I get to be on the other side of it and coach and and enjoy the the process again. And, and I said that earlier, kind of, it's one of those things as a player, I enjoy the process. And it's the same thing as a coach, it's just more processes. There's more video, there's more, you know, analyzing the game, breaking stuff down, trying to put our guys in situations to be successful. But you know, I really do enjoy that because I think, you know, it, it's a common saying, but, but Father Time always wins. And ultimately, at, at 33 years old, my body wasn't great to start. Uh, you know, I had a lot of injuries in college and when I played professionally, I had a lot of injuries. And when I woke up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and, and Fridays, I didn't enjoy going in and lifting and practicing and all those things. I enjoyed the game days. And so being on the coaching side of it, it allows me now to still enjoy it, but not have my body hurt and, and really enjoy breaking down the game and being a part of it. Uh, you know, really thankful to the Bucks for giving me the opportunity to do this. Thankful to our coach, Coach Brady, to you know, hire me on as assistant coach here and uh, enjoying the whole process. It's been great. The Fox Valley, obviously, I'm born and raised from up here, so it's, it, it really is a special thing to see this thing from the ground bottom to where it is today, The last, you know, our last home game and our last game of the season. It's, it's really taken off. The support's been huge, and so it, it, I've just been thankful for all of that. Brian Butch, thankful that he's breaking down game tape and not breaking down his body anymore. Good luck, my friend. Close it out on a high note. Thanks for joining us on the Mike Keller Show, Double B. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Listen, it's got to make Coach Ryan a little bit happy that some of us is breaking down game film. At least I can At least I can yell now at somebody and not get yelled at. <laughs> That's a good feeling, too. It's your turn, my friend. It's your turn. When we come back, <laughs> one of those great stories... From the NCAA tournament, we'll hear from him later. Coming up, Joe Sherburn, Wisconsin kid, and one of those retrievers who knocked off the Cavaliers, 16 over 1. This is appropriate for our upcoming guest. 
because the dogs were let out a week ago tonight against the number one team in the tournament, Virginia. The Retrievers shocked the Cavs in the world. But before that, back by popular demand, my boy Adius rapping <laughs> on a Rap Friday. Go, yo. All right. So for people that don't know, I rap about local and national sports. Why? Who knows? It's meant to be funny. I'm not like a real rapper, but just take a listen to this week's wrap up, and then we'll have our special guest here in just a second. But the people wanted it. So here we go. <clears throat> here we go. At John Adius Radio on Twitter. Leave a comment. I'm the number one seed, and you not. Not afraid to claim that since UVA lost, handle all questions with class, not groaning. Moves like Tony Bennett, not like Mick Cronin. So try to stop me. What you gonna do? I'm Jimmy Graham scoring on you when it's fourth and two. I put up 94 on you like that UConn crew, and I'll drop a triple-double like LeBron did too. Pack it up, hang it up like Joe. Thomas, not gonna give it a go. In 2018, see you later, NFL. Like Loyola said to Nevada when they dealt that L. Speaking of L's, the Bucks look mangled, limping down the stretch like a Giannis brain ankle. But let's view it from a different angle. Might play better if they suited up Bango. Pack fans been waiting for help at cornerback. Goody makes his move, brings Jermon Williams back. Not a top talent, but definitely not a hack. Probably end up making big plays for the pack. Bike spent a ton on Kirk, well, so what? The clock tick-tock until Rogers wants his cut. Then the salary cap for the pack blowing up. Got Packer fans angry screaming, John, you're not. Got a little UMBC in me. Flow is T-I-G-H-T. Can't you see? I-S-T-I-N-G like a B. And I'll B-E-A-T you down like Sister G. That's the wrap-up, Bob. There you go. There we go. You even got, you even got UMBC in there. I got so. a little UMBC in me. Well, it was a week ago tonight that it was the 16 seed, the Retrievers from UMBC, Maryland, Baltimore County, against Virginia, Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers. 16 seeds going in, we're 0 and 135. We kept hearing it. We always heard the backstory that one of these days, one of these days, one of these 16s, they're going to get a one. And then some teams would come in and they would flirt and think about it, but then eventually the number one would prevail. Not a week ago when the Retrievers shocked the Cavaliers, winning 74-54. to And on the court, and one of the big contributors in that game, is a Wisconsin kid. Grew up playing at Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. He's back home for spring break, visiting the family, and he's joining us now on the Mike Heller Show. It's Joe Sherburn. Joe, how are you, my friend? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. You got quite the rapping skills there. <laughs> that's that's all obvious. That's all. I, I made sure, though. I said we've got Sherburn coming on, so make sure you get the retrievers in there somehow. So he he squeezed them in. Are you uh, now that you're back home visiting mom and dad? Are, are you getting free custard on a cops? Of course not. I can't take anything free. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, no. Um, unless I have free <laughs> Scoopy coupons, I don't think I have any more of those yet. But. Um, <laughs> I got some nothing free. I've had some people get things on my behalf, but nothing for me. Uh, we'll work on that, Joe. We'll work on that. Um, take us inside the game that happened a week ago, and as this is playing out and going on, and and the clock, you know, continues to run, and you guys continue to have the lead. Were you afraid to look at each other in in timeout huddles for fear that you might blow it and and this this epic thing that was unfolding might actually go the other way quickly? No, I don't think we played any different down the stretch. I don't think anybody really got nervous. Um, 
the way we were playing, there was no reason to get nervous. We were playing so well in the second half. But I was aware that like, every time we get a media timeout, we'd have to go sit on the bench. And I'm like, man, there's another one of these timeouts. Like, When is this just going to be over? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think we played the same way down the stretch. What has life been like since that victory? What's it been like for you? Well, it was pretty fun that day and then the days after and then even, um, you know, Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, getting a lot of people stopping me. But I've, for the most part, gotten back into some, um, like, a state of anonymity. Um, Since I'm not really doing much right now but lying in my bed and reading my (laughs) textbooks, um. Yeah. So yeah, uh, pretty normal now. Yeah, Joe. By the way, he's got he's got a, a 4.0 GPA, uh, academic All American. So he does more than just throwing threes and help defeat Virginia on the basketball floor. So so good for you, my friend. You there, there's got to be a portion of your mind though, Joe, that you're thinking watching Kansas State last night and thinking, man. We were this close to knocking off those Wildcats. We might have been playing in that game last night against Kentucky. Yeah, I I didn't watch the game until the last like five minutes, but obviously you're right. I was a little upset with myself, obviously. Um, didn't have the best game against Kansas State, and I think well, obviously we would like to get that one back and play it again because I think we would do a lot better. It, it, it th- That game against Kansas State, I mean – you you didn't score in that game, which is why you're you're being a little hard on yourself. But that game, I mean, it was kind of an ugly game. Both teams are just kind of mucking it up. There's a lot of really good defense, but neither offense could get a flow, could they, Joe? No, um, they're a really different team than Virginia for us. I mean, they're Virginia likes to pack it in and just get in your way, but Kansas State was athletic and wreaked a little more havoc on us just with their length and. Um, even though they played guards, they're pretty big guards and they're really quick. So they kind of disrupted what we like to do, which is move really freely and get in the passing, um, get in the lane and kick it back out. Um, they caused some trouble for us. Joe Sherburn is our guest. He's a member of UMBC, the Retrievers, who knocked off Virginia a week ago in the NCAA tournament, the 16 over the 1, joining us on the Mike Heller Show. Uh, we were talking about, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but at the end of the Kentucky game, and it's getting a lot of buzz in the sports world, how K-State is celebrating a little too long for the Kentucky Wildcats. So a lot of them said, we're out of here. They scooted back to the locker room. When you guys won, there was celebration. Did you shake hands with all the Virginia guys? I did. I went right over to the line. I wasn't. Um, a lot of the guys on my team were jumping at court, but uh, I made sure to get over there because I was like, not even that excited at the time because we had won it so long ago. Like when the buzzer went off, I mean, there wasn't much to celebrate. We already had the game in hand. So I was just kind of, okay, let's go shake hands, and then let's run back to the locker room and then celebrate. How That's big? That's why I didn't, I regretted, I, I regret that because I didn't get any of the pictures on the court. <laughs> yeah, you That's right, Joe. Hey, lesson learned, Joe. Lesson learned. But you're right. I yeah, mean, I, it, it was a 20-point win, Joe. I mean, I think a lot of people who thought that if this did happen in the tournament, it would probably be some sort of last second or close game right down to the wire. I mean, it's got to be a little surprising that it was such a, a, a dominating win in the final score. Yeah, that's how I envisioned it, too. When I played the game out in my head before the game, I envisioned it. Obviously, us in the game, 
and then getting some barely separation at the end, I certainly didn't envision a 20-point win. And so you play, is this every game or just that game, Joe, that you play it out in your head prior to the opening tip? Um, just just that one and then Vermont pretty much because um, Vermont was our conference championship. And having lost to them so many times in a row and then playing a team like Virginia where you're probably not supposed to win, it's it can be hard to imagine yourself winning so, like, you play out situations in your head, like, could this happen? Could this happen well for us? But so, yeah, normally in a game where we're, we have a better chance to win, I don't, I just go out there and play. But these two last games were, like, you had to really think about it and how it could actually happen. Well, good thing you did because you got the results, especially in the matchup against Virginia. Joe Sherburn is our guest, a member of UMBC, the Retrievers, on the Mike Heller Show. And a lot of love coming all your way for your team after that shocking victory, but some special love via Twitter to one of the guys that you admire back home, Aaron Rodgers, huh? Yeah, that was um, the coolest non-basketball experience I've ever had for, I mean, how I had this week. Um, Everybody's asking me about it just as much as the game itself. Because you did the belt. You you did the belt, right? You, you did the belt, right? After one of your threes, yeah. you did the belt, didn't you? Yeah, I've, I've been doing it for the last three years um, after I make my big, my, uh, big, big shots. And I figured, you know, I'm going to be on TV. He's probably going to be watching. It's a 16 seed and a one. We're going to be close. I, I might as well do it and let him see. <laughs> he saw, and you got a tweet, so you got a little shout-out. And that's, that's great for a Wisconsin kid, isn't it, to get something like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he obviously he likes college basketball on he goes to those with badger games but when you go to umbc a school nobody's ever heard of you don't exactly think people are going to be watching you so that was really really cool to get something like that yeah joe i mean a lot of people have never heard of umbc how did you hear of it how did you get there i know you didn't start there when you left whitefish bay right um i had never heard of it either and then i went to my uh, prep school which was which is a high school. It's just um, you can do a fifth year, like a postgraduate year, to either um, get better recruitment or fix some academic. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, standing. So I went there for basketball. They're usually a national championship contender. We won the national championship the year I went there. And um, I went to this. We had two games. Or uh, I went eight for nine back, back-to-back days combined from three and UMBC was the one school to offer me there so that was the first time I heard of them and then look look where it got you well I'll tell you what Joe we appreciate you coming on talking about your experience because a lot of fans back here in Wisconsin who knew you were playing there they were kind of riding along with you and and you hear this all the time where people say well someday I'm going to tell this to my grandkids I got a story for my grandkids you really got a story for your future grandkids don't you I sure do um and I think 
the coolest part about it, which is like I haven't been asked about a lot or at all really, is that two years ago we were seven and twenty-five, and no, we would nobody would have thought we were here right now. And then uh, we got a new coach and some new players, and we made it pretty far. Yeah, you did, Joe Sherburn, one of the stars, knocking off the upset special of all time. UMBC or Virginia. Thanks for joining us, Joe. I'm going to call cops. You go down there, grab some custard. I'll make some calls for you, all right? I appreciate that. Joe Sherburn of the Retrievers. He's a junior, by the way, so he'll be back next year as a senior. When we come back, the 5 o'clock hour is just around the corner on the Mike Heller Show. Brainerd and Adius finishing up. They're the in crowd, we're the other ones It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from We let our color show where the numbers ain't We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint That's who we are This is the Mike Keller Show That's how we roll Call the show at 877-729-1070 Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show outside. Now, here's Mike Keller. Yeah, you can send your tweet to Mike Keller Show, at Mike Keller Show, but Mike's not going to answer, and we're not going to hold his hand to the fire to answer because Mike is wrapping up vacation this week. He's back on Monday. So until then, you are stuck with me to close out your week. Bob Brainerd. In for the vacationing Mike Keller, along with John Adias, because he never vacations. We don't go anywhere warm. We're here to keep you warm and keep you enlightened for the next hour and get you ready for the weekend. Always goes fast. It, 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 I mean, this sounds really cliche and kind of like dumb radio guy talk, but it always goes fast. You, you show up at the studio and you go, what in the hell are we going to talk about for three hours? And then before you know it, boom. We got two in the books. One to go. So what are we going to talk about, John? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, fellas, what's up? That's a great question, Bob, uh, for sure. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's a ton to talk about. I know at about 530, uh, in case you missed it, I've got the the wrap one last time. Yeah, Uh, there's that. The Friday wrap up. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. It's We could talk about spring breaks. We could talk about Tremont Williams. We could talk about the NSA tournament. I mean... There's no shortage of topics for sure. No, no, I, I, I jest. I, I yes, kid. Yes, there, there's, I there's plenty. There's plenty going on this this time of year. You've got baseball getting ready to ramp up. Badger football, of course, they're in the bubble. They're getting ready for their spring game in a couple weeks. Packer off season. You know, everybody was freaking out that they weren't making enough moves after Jimmy Graham and and Wilkerson, and the secondary kept being depleted and de- de- depleted more and more. I kept saying they're going to pl- just play the nine two defense, and then that'll be that. But yeah, Williams is now coming back to Green Bay, back in the fold, some veteran leadership. And, and you know, there's, there's, as we said on Wednesday, John, y- you can't freak out if you're a Packer fan saying, why aren't they jumping into the pool with a bigger splash? Because some teams have to do that, like the Cleveland Browns. Some teams that are fed up with losing, and some teams that can't afford to just sit there and linger and get outbid by other teams for free agents. They need to do that when the clock strikes 12. The Packers aren't in that position. They know Aaron Rodgers is coming back. They know 
that they've already added some pieces and they have some established pieces. Yeah, there there are needs. There are going to be still needs, but not on day one. I mean, it doesn't have to happen in Green Bay. Other teams, yeah, they needed to make a splash. Right, and... and you know, once you, I said this earlier in the week, and you know, once the top guys started to go off the board, I guess you could say, in free agency at the cornerback position, I think we were all kind of just waiting for the Packers to make a move, but realizing it's not going to be like this huge move. We're like, uh oh, game changer, and maybe Tremont Williams is a game changer. I'm not saying that he can't be that. Yeah. He's just, you know, if he was, if more teams thought he was, he would have been gone by now. But he's he's a little older, but I think he brings some great veteran leadership. He has some really good numbers last season as far as opposing quarterbacks, passer rating, and opposing um, completion percentage. So I don't mind that. I don't mind it. I think it's a pretty decent. I've called it all week. I've called it solid. It's like a solid pickup, and they'll rely on Kevin King. And then the next step now, Bob, is what are they going to do in the draft? What's that first pick, that first round pick going to be used for? Will it be a, another cornerback? And, uh, you know, how much will they rely on whatever crop of cornerbacks or rookies that they do draft? How much are they going to have to rely on them in 2018 is an interesting question. Yeah, yeah, certainly all those will be answered when we get to the craziness that is the NFL draft. But, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Packers have a lot of needs. And so to pinpoint and say, you addressed a couple of things, but... We're still going to have this porous defense in the secondary. So come on, you know, hop to it. Well, look a little closer. Put the Packers underneath the microscope. I I see them going after another wide receiver. And I'm not saying, you know, with that first round pick, but Jordy Nelson is gone. Devontae Adams is now your number one. Randall Cobb, still in the mix. Ty Montgomery, you could slide him out of the backfield if all those young backs you drafted last year. If you like them enough to give them the reins, all right, Ty Montgomery can go and be a slot receiver. Geronimo Allison, is he ready to take the next step? I think the Packers make a move there to fortify that receiver core. Jimmy Graham is like a receiver at the tight end position. I mean, no question. But I think you start going after it. Think about when they drafted Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, a, a second-round pick, but that was the highest pick the Packers had when they made him that pick. It, it surprised a lot of people when they did that because it was like, don't we need other things beside wide receivers? They had some pretty talented wide receivers at the time. Well, I think when you have an Aaron Rodgers and you have Mike McCarthy and you have an offense that's geared around the passing game, it's one of those theories where you think we can never have enough wide receivers. So I see them not first round, but pretty high. They draft a receiver. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, you know, you do wonder obviously they can score points and they're going to be fine no matter what they do. If they add another receiver or whoever, they kind of slot in there to replace Jordy Nelson. But I mean, the other team is going to be thrown at those corners. That's what kind of scares me is that you get rid of your, you know, the guy who played the best down the stretch. And now you got a, a, a guy like Kevin King. You're going to rely on, you're going to rely on uh, Tremont Williams and you're going to rely on, you know, what else you have there to, to make plays. And that's, Still kind of sketchy, but wide receiver, here's the way I look at wide receiver, Bob. You can get a Jordan Matthews. I know he visited Green Bay. You can, I honestly think you could pretty much plug in any wide receiver, and they're going to be fine because Aaron Rodgers. Now, obviously, if there's a guy who has a problem with dropping the football, yada, 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 there is those things. there are those things to consider. But Aaron Rodgers makes wide receivers. He makes them great. And so if it is Geronimo Allison, 
I think he's going to be he's going to be fine. If it is somebody in the draft, they're going to be fine because Aaron Rodgers is throwing them the football. I mean, he we saw how much he masks problems uh, and he makes receivers look better than perhaps sometimes they are. And so I, I, I think it's they'll be fine no matter who they put in there. And Jimmy Graham, like you said, is another wide receiver, basically, too. And they might use him in a little bit of a less traditional tight end role, according to one of our insiders we had on last week or whenever that was. So, yeah, I mean, they, they might go to the draft, but I, I think they'll be fine there. The interesting aspect, too, when you, when you slide back over to the defensive side, and, and we know all the pieces aren't into place yet, but with what you have, the known commodities coming back on the defensive side for Green Bay in 2018, and uh, Chris Roth, sports director at WBAY in Green Bay, we had him on the show on Wednesday, he brought this up, and this is a really good point. Remember, Dom Capers, everybody you know that was frustrated with the Packers' defense, wanted to run him out of town. Well, he's gone. So you bring in Patton, all right? Well, this is the unknown. This is the wild card here because we don't know what a Patton defense is going to be like. What's going to be the calling card? What is going to be their M.O.? How, how is he going to approach, be more aggressive, have, have a more predictable defense? Will he move pieces around? We don't know until they actually get into training camp. So that's another factor where you want to tell Packer fans, pump the brakes when it comes to the defense because let him put his stamp on it. Let him put his trademark on it and see what it is because he's coming in with his ideas and his philosophy. That means everybody else that's there, any holdovers or any of the veterans, they're the ones that are going to have to adapt and try to make that defense special and make it complement the Packer offense. You know what's interesting, too? Didn't Tremont Williams and Petten work together at some point? I, I thought they did. Obviously, that's the case with Muhammad Wilkerson as well. So a couple of those defensive players that they brought in through free agency have, I believe, connections. You can correct me if I'm wrong with the Tremont Williams thing. Have connections to Petten. So it's like he he has this plan and he knows the type of players that he wants. So it makes me a little optimistic. I don't think the Packers defense is going to go from uh, you know bottom of the league to top of the league. But I do think they can make a jump. And I do think if they make even a small jump, let's say it's about middle of the pack of the NFL. I think that's a huge jump in terms of what the entire team with that offense and Jimmy Graham and Aaron Rodgers healthy, what the entire team will look like. I think a jump into the you know middle of the pack, if that's the jump with this defense this season, is huge and could really help them out. I don't know. How do you look at that? What? How much better? And I know it's a tough question to answer because, like you just said, we don't know a lot about what Petten wants to do. But how much better... Do you think a guy, a defensive coordinator, can make on a defense from one season to the next? Yeah, that's really, I, to, to me, that's the burning question going in. It's not about the personnel that will eventually take the field on the defensive side for Green Bay in 2018. It's what the new defensive coordinator does with the personnel. Here's, here's the deck of cards. Here is your hand. Now how do you play it? And I think more than anything, that's going to be really under the microscope because this Packer defense needs to go in the proper direction, and it needs to go in a positive direction. It needs to start being more complementary to the offense in Green Bay. It's, I mean, look, as long as Aaron Rodgers is around, it, it, you're not going to have a defense that is completely complementary to the levels that the offense makes when it's clicking, when it's, it's doing its part and operating as a unit. But you don't need that. 
the offense can carry a heavy load. Aaron Rodgers is used to putting a lot on his plate. He's fine with that. But the defense has to just close the gap, John. I think it yeah. just close the gap. Don't try to match them in what they bring to the table on the offensive side. Just close the gap. If you do that in Green Bay in 2018, if Patton's able to do that, make that unit just better than they've been the past couple years, then the offense will take it from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, I agree 100%. Like, the offense is going to be the calling card of the team. Well, how about this? Let me, let me ask you this question, because this is my uh, Twitter poll question today, at John Audius Radio for the rundown with John Audius. Ah, yes, yes, perfect. Another NFC North-themed poll question. And the one I asked today, hold on, i got to scroll through all these uh, wrap-up tweets. Uh, you need scrolling music. I, did, I need some scrolling. You don't have that? No. You don't have that queued up? Um, here we go. Let me scroll. Challenge, challenge accepted. Yeah. Scroll. See, Let's Whitney scroll. Houston. Yeah. Scroll. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. So here's my question: <laughs> Who wins the NFC North next season? Packers, Vikings, Bears, or Lions? So now that we kind of are getting a better idea of rosters, and once again, I asked this question knowing that there's a lot of time between now and the draft. There's time between now and mini camps, you know, uh, training camps. Week one to week ten is a huge jump. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. But when I ask these type of poll questions, I just assume just assume everybody or the main players stay healthy, right? Who wins the NFC North? Vikings. I mean, you know why? Because when the Packers were, you know, ruling the roost year in and year out, and you would ask this question in the off season, even though you had the other three starting to make some noise and starting to show some improvement. You always gave the nod to the Packers because you said, look, they won it last year. They're the reigning champs. They still have enough, and they still have one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So until things change dramatically, you still give them the nod. And so for that reason, when we used to do that with Green Bay, i got to give it to Minnesota because if we're, if we're kicking off today, Vikings are still the best team in that division. They still have a lot of their pieces coming back, especially defensively. And you added Kirk Cousins. Now... Is he an upgrade to Case Keenum? You like to think so, which is why they went out and d- did that. But he's going to have to figure things out offensively. But, you know, you know, Minnesota is looking at this going, we're hanging our hat on our defense no matter what. And this is almost the opposite of Green Bay, John, where you want the defense to just be complementary to the Packer offense, which is always a given. In Minnesota, you flip the script. The defense is sort of the given up there. You want the offense right. to just be complimentary and just score enough points to try to win the football game. And I think that's why I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to have that much pressure or as much pressure as you would expect a new guy coming in because they're not hanging their hat on him. It's always going to hang the hat on the defense. Mike Zimmer makes sure of that. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, 59% voted the Green Bay Packers, 35% voted the Minnesota Vikings 3% Bears. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 3% Lions. I actually think it's the Packers. Now, here's, here's why. I think it's pretty close. I'm not saying like, one team is head and shoulders above the rest or the other, because I don't think that's the case for all the reasons that you pointed out. But I, I, it comes down to me. I give the edge because 
of Aaron Rodgers because of Aaron Rodgers' dominance against the NFC North in his career. Now, he's 12-7 and all-time against the Vikings. He throws for like 68% completion percentage. He's thrown for 39 touchdowns and six picks in his career. Now, I don't even know if that 12-7 and counts the game he started this year or not. It could very well be 12-6 uh, and six Probab- versus the yeah, Vikings. Probably. I think if you start, it's sort of like, you know, you started it, so it's your mess you yeah, it's, know, it's if your, you lose it in the end. Right. So, so just for the fact, until I see... The Vikings are able, this this version of the Vikings is able to beat this version of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers will have that head-to-head slight advantage over Minnesota. And until they prove otherwise, I think I'm going to go with the Packers again to win the division at this mm. point in time in mm. late March. Mm. I mean, think about this. Do you think mm. the Vikings beat the Packers if Aaron Rodgers plays in those two games that he didn't play? I think that we yeah, yeah I do I think yeah. I think they find a way I think especially Maybe. at Minnesota I think they win Maybe the at Minnesota one the the one later in the season was a a, a low scoring affair I don't yeah. know I just I mean it's hard it's it's an impossible question to answer I get that but um I just think he is that much of a difference maker so until until the Vikings beat Aaron Rodgers led Packers I, I'll give the slight edge the slight edge to Green Bay going into the season now that could change you know maybe. Maybe through the preseason or something. Like Kirk Cousins looks fantastic, and I buy into preseason hype. I don't know, but right now I think I'll go with the pack. You know, in Minnesota, the Vikings faithful. They're thinking, all right, our defense is great. This is you know the buck stops here, and we're never going to get an Aaron Rodgers. And they looked at the three quarterbacks they had the possibility of having back, either bringing back Keenum keeping Teddy Bridgewater, keeping Sam Bradford. And none of them are sexy enough to say, well, this is the answer for Aaron Rodgers. And let's be honest, and I'm sure the Vikings did the same thing. They looked around and said, there's nobody that really we can go out and get, draft, free agent, trade, what have you, that's going to match Aaron Rodgers. But we can go and get cousins, and we can get closer. Yep. And I think that's what they see. I think they see that... We're going to leave it on our defense, but Cousins gives us a better chance to make that offense in Minnesota close the gap to the defense. Again, it's not looking at Green Bay saying, okay, we have the answer for you, Aaron Rodgers. No, Cousins isn't there yet, but he's an upgrade. If he fits in, he's an upgrade. I think that's how the Vikings are viewing this. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I thought it was the right move for Minnesota to go after that. You get three years of proven production versus one year of proven produ- production with Case Keenum. I, you know, not every team is... Obviously, there are very few elite quarterbacks, right? Aaron Rodgers is one of them. So the rest of the NFL... They're just going, they're trying to go from tier three to tier two and a half, from tier two and a half to tier two. You know, they're just doing whatever they can. And they're hoping that maybe they go from tier bottom of the league to tier one if they draft the right guy. So everybody's looking for it. And I think, like you said, it's an upgrade. I I definitely think it's an upgrade. It's a guy who can make more plays. If he has more time, his numbers show that he's a, a fantastic passer rating guy. He's top 10 in the league if he has time. Um, and so, yes, I think it, it was a move that they that that Minnesota had to make if they if they wanted to you know go at a run here over the next three years. Bottom line, and, and and I know Packer fans know this, but it bears repeating: feel blessed, Packer fans, because in the last two decades, you've had two quarterbacks, and they're both Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Think about 
Denver, Miami, you know, Denver after Elway was gone, Miami after Marino was gone. I mean, they're still scrambling trying to find an answer that's even close to what those guys brought every Sunday to the football field. In Green Bay, no worries. Favre and now Rodgers. The Mike Keller Show. Warming up here on the final hour of our Friday in Wisconsin. Yeah, dying flame. You're free again. It's not free, but who could love do that to you? Yes, the styling of Chris Ray and his famous hit, Worldwide Smash. Fool if you think it's over. What a classic. Roy, our engineer, just walked by the studio and gave a thumbs up. Did he? Yes. Roy has good taste. Here's where it kicks in. Oh, the day. Stop singing, Bob. Why do I envision you (laughs) driving in your car? Because I do. Listening to this. So here's the story. John Adias, Bob Brainer, by the way, not singing, thankfully, on the Mike Keller Show. This has been one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. And I wasn't alone. I mean, this was a smash hit. Kind of a one-hit wonder for Chris Ray. So, you know, iTunes comes along, and you start going through, and you jog your memory. Oh, what are the old songs that I don't have on records anymore? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Or CDs. So you start going through it. This was one of the first ones I tried to get it. Not available, not available. You'd look up Fool If You Think It's Over, and you get all these, you know, hacks that were singing in it, but not Chris Ray. And then finally, it popped up one day, Chris Ray. Well, it was like Chris Ray in the 2000s. You know, he's like in his 60s, and he's singing it like acoustic, and it's really slow. It's not peppy like this. It's like, no, no good, no good. And, I, and you start you start looking around, and... You start reading things on, on the web saying, yeah, he doesn't want to release it because, you know, when you got just a big hit like this, everybody wants that. They don't want your album. They want one song. They want to be one and done. Well, the other day, John Adias, there it was. Mm. Fool, if you think it's over. $1.29. I'm buying it. Purchased. Part of the Bob Rayner Library. Yeah. That is so awesome. And I totally, like, I can envision you driving your car. Just chilling, nice summer drive, and you're just it is, yeah, isn't it? Doesn't this make you feel summery? And yeah, it does. You know, the windows are down. Yep, it's a great song for that. It's it's a great summer song, and yeah, it did have. I mean, you, you can Google Chris Ray. He also does a really good version of Driving Home for Christmas. By the way, hmm. got that kind of raspy voice. That's I, that's another good one. I also kind of feel like I'm in an elevator. Well, <laughs> I'm just well, it saying. Is. No, no, it, that's fair. That's fair because it is old guy music from my era back in the 70s. 
I'm trying but, to find how how much that what it got to on the on the charts. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me know. Let's see if I can find. Um, it. He, he was making all the rounds. You know, he'd be on you know American Bandstand and and all the shows like that playing his hit. But you know, after a while, people are like, "All right, what else you got, Chris?" So all right, I got it. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. so here we go. Uh, this is the weekly singles charts uh, in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 peaked at number twelve. The Cash right. Box Top 100 peaked at number 10, and the Billboard Easy Listening uh, weekly single charts peaked at number one. There you go. There you go. So this was a, a, a legit hit um, that was around a while, and as you just mentioned right there, it, it, it spanned many different charts and carried a lot of weight. And I don't know, to this day, I think you get you get the right ear, and people go, that's really a cool song. That's yeah, an old song, but... It still kind of lasts. And now it's available on iTunes for the first time. I can vouch for that. Everyone's quickly getting to their iTunes library no, they're and downloading not. it. No, they're not. No, they're not. And, and right after that, I decided I'm on a roll, so I might as well try again. And I got Wham Bam Shang Alang. You know that song? By Silver. By who? You ever heard that one? By Silver. It's spelled with a, with a Y. S. Oh, S Y. Y L V E R. They did. Wham bam, shangalang, and a sha la 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 thing. Jeez, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just. I'll try I'm to find that one. Older than dirt. Yeah, that, that's for later. I think though, that that song did make a. It's another '70s song, but it made a comeback recently because it was part of the Galaxy of the Guardians two. They had that soundtrack. Oh, was it on there? Yeah, it was on there because in the movie, I think in both of the movies. They always have like the soundtracks, and it's always like old school seventies and eighties tunes because they're like popping in old cassettes, right? Something like that. And so that's the soundtrack. And I know Wham Bam Shang Alang was part of the soundtrack for Gar- Guardians of the Galaxies. You found it. Is this it? There you. That's it. Another schlocky seventies song. Nights, sunny days. days? Yeah, this way. is in the movie. New bump music for you, John Audius. You're welcome. For sure. The first comment, this is from YouTube. The first comment, uh, this video is about to get a million views because it's on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. There there you go. Bring this stuff back for Heller next week and just surprise him and see if it turns his stomach. I bet you he'll love it. it. You know... When when they do things like this, when you have old music that appears like in soundtracks, like this one was, and it it it's funny because you'll see again a new audience. You know, kids grasp that, and if they watch the movie or they hear the music, and they think it's wow, this is really great. Who's the group? Well, you go, well, it's Silver, and it's from the seventies. What? I, I yeah. always thought the music on Guardians of the Galaxy is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they, they make some interesting choices, um, but they're 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 choices like this that give songs new life that were kind of buried yeah. back in the seventies or the eighties. So it, it, this one again, upbeat, summery type song. You know, silver after this, you won't find another hit, but. They're back in the conversation, thanks to the movie. And back on Bob's iPod, by the way. So. You got this one on the iPod? Uh, iPod I do. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was like, after Fool, after downloading that one, I was like, I, I wonder 
I just wonder, and there it was. Mm. Hey, we got, a, was. we got a phone call on the Packers, but first, uh, we'll get to you, Claude. Uh, Doug, calling from Sox City, uh, had some thoughts on your musical selections. Okay. Hey, guys, Did I got to tell you, I, I yeah. heard Bob talking again, and I'm totally down with the groove that you're playing, and I, I heard you Wednesday, I'm hearing you today, and I couldn't quite figure out where I've heard you before, Bob. I know you do all the basketball and uh, play-by-play and stuff. You used to be on Y105 in Eau Claire, didn't you? <laughs> I swear, Saturday nights, I used to listen to you DJ on Y105 playing all the same music, and it was outstanding. That not that you? That's you, isn't it? <laughs> sure, it, that's me, yeah. Is it really you or not? I don't know what's going on right now. Well, so he claims it's me. Midnight, and then they bring on some putts, I don't know, some, some Flanders. Uh, after midnight, so then we'd hang <laughs> some, up on you. Some Flanders type, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was back in my Eau Claire days. Thank you for that. I appreciate the, the stroll down memory lane. Um, yeah, you know, when when you start your career, John Adias, as you know, you got to do a little bit of everything, right? So Wow, is this, this is a true story. You were playing these true. types of hits at Eau Claire. That's a true story. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, yeah. You just that's that's why if if movie th- soundtracks aren't going to bring stuff back to life, then by God, I'll do it. I'll help nudge things along. Uh, you want to talk to Claude calling from Tosa? He had some thoughts on Tremont Williams. I do, Claude. He's been waiting patiently from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Hey, Claude, you're on the Mike Keller show. How you doing, guys? Doing great. It's Friday. Hey, yep. I'm thinking the same thing. I just listened to the show on the way home. Um, just wanted to say I do totally agree with you guys on the Aaron Rodgers making wide receivers. I think that's been proven over his career. Um, but I'll tell you, the Tremont Williams things, I, I think it's nice to see him back, but I wish that would have been maybe a second or third cornerback that they signed. Um, I've looked at the numbers. I mean, even when Rodgers was there for those three or four games, they were still had wide receivers putting 200 yards up on them. I think it was Marvin Jones, Adam Thielen, and Diggs all had 200-yard games on Green Bay last year. And the King kid I like, but I also look at pro football focus, and he had a 51% rating. And Green Bay quarterbacks that played against Green Bay had the highest completion percentage in the NFL. So it's one of these things where I just look at it and I say, we all know that you need multiple cornerbacks. Now you're going into the draft, and I don't think you have a an option but to do what Ted Thompson did for multiple years when you draft the same position over and over and over again multiple times. And again, we're sitting on $21 million in cap space going into a draft. And I, it just does not make sense to me. I love Aaron. I love Brett Favre. But I think it's a situation where we're just going to waste this guy's career. And with one Super Bowl, I mean, it's an arms race right now in the NFC North, and Minnesota is going for it. Their receivers are light years better than our cornerbacks, and now they just brought in a, a quarterback that's better than the one they had before who was still putting up 300 400-yard games on us. Yeah, Claude, I mean, you hit it all the nails on the head. The Onyx in Green Bay is definitely going to be on the defense. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so if the Packers go through the draft and they decide to, to spend it on secondary guys with some of the high picks, then I think you like the Tremont Williams you know, rebirth, if you will, a little more. Because then you've got that veteran back there kind of steadying the youngsters and you don't feel like you're just throwing him into the fire without any backup support. So let's see how this plays out with the draft. If they go corner, if they go secondary, then I think you've done the right thing by bringing Williams back. Let, let me say one thing real quick, too, to Claude. And um, I love the call, Claude. Here's one thing I think we should all consider, too. And Pete Doherty, our, our Green and Gold Insider, joins the show. Uh, he had a column about this recently where he talks about Yes, yeah, so the the Packers allowed, I think it was like 68% completion percentage, the opposing quarterbacks, or somewhere along that number. It was, it was ridiculous. It was gross. And he said, you know, the defensive line this year might be part of what's going to help this cornerback position. And he talked about Muhammad Wilkerson and everything the Packers have on the defensive line to get to the quarterback. And if they're able to get to the quarterback, and if Patton's able to scheme and get to the quarterback perhaps a little bit more consistently – that might help out the secondary, but I, I understand what you're saying. It's like, okay, so you get rid of Randall, but you bring in Williams, and you're going to draft somebody, and now we're supposed to be like, okay, that's good. I mean, we won't allow a, a record completion percentage again this year. Well, why won't you? And and maybe one thing that maybe everybody's overlooking that Pete Doherty pointed out is maybe it's uh, getting to the quarterback with the defensive line. More pressure. I mean... Yeah, let's face it. If you get more pressure up front, it makes everybody on the backside look a whole lot better. Mike Keller Show, winding down on this Friday in Wisconsin. We'll wind down and whip it into shape here to get you ready for your weekend. It's silver on Y105. Y105, tonight's weather cloudy and cool, low of 26. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a little warmer, but not very spring-like still. See, I stepped all over it. Here, let's do it again. Do it again. Cue me up again. Darn it. To be fair, you missed the first few seconds because the way our brakes work, blah, 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 technical radio stuff. All right, let's try it again. Here we go. Three, two, one. Yeah, here we go. Y105 tonight, cloudy and cool, low of 26. Tomorrow, more spring-like weather, but still cool, high of 46. Right now, 36, and a little chilly still with Andy Kim and Rock Me Gently at Y105. Second second try. Take two. Yes! (laughs) Oh, that was so awesome. See, when you're doing doing it live, you don't get a redo. You got to hit it. You oh. gotta hit it before Andy Kim starts saying, "Ain't it good? Ain't it right?" See, and that's the that's the way to do it. Like nowadays, do you know how they do it nowadays in FM? Little radio secret. No, they have a little countdown clock. I don't know if that oh, was. They're cheating. I know. There's like they're all digital, obviously, uh, and they have a countdown clock that tells them how long they need. Plus, I'm a insider tips. It's called yeah. voice tracking. So they'll they'll plug in what what you just said right there. 
And then Kay. they'll move the little voice track around so it syncs up right to where Andy Kim starts singing. Oh, the kid! I mean, the kids today on the radio, that's... Yeah. They can phone it in. Yeah. They are phoning it in. Yeah, so you don't have to time up anything. You just have to move the little audio track so they sync up. See, see, this is the way you used to do it old school. And, of course, you put a, a needle on a record, but that's beside the point. But you... You plopped it down, and then you had to know in your head how much time you have until the words come in. And if you step on them, that's when the boss knocks in the window and says, uh-uh-uh, not good. Yeah. So so amazing. It's a lost art. It's a lost skill. It, it, it Obviously, because I lost it on the first try. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, another one of my 70s schlocky songs that just sticks with me, because I grew up as a kid, loved this song, Rock Me Gently. Andy Kim, Canadian, born in Montreal. Big worldwide smash hit as well. Let me ask you a question. So, do you really have? Because okay, when I did, I did a little bit of radio stuff in college like this, and we had CDs. So I had to play the CD and yada okay. yada yada and everything like yep. that. Was it was it really a, was it a record player? Is that how you actually had to? I mean, what were you doing back in? The yeah, it, yeah, it days? was. Well, no, actually, my first job was in Eau Claire. So my my college days, I uh, cut my teeth at UW Oshkosh. And great communications program there. And the radio station was WRST, which stands for Radio Station of the Titans. See? See what they did there? Um, but no, I, I'm so old that it was still albums. And, and a, lot, uh, a lot of what they did at WRST was jazz. So you come in thinking, hey, I'm going to play all my favorite songs and I'm going to play you know, some cutting edge stuff. No, you're going to play some jazz. Because that's what the director of the program liked. He was a jazz aficionado. He was awesome at it. And he was trying to bestow that upon the students at UWO. So, uh, but the music aside, you, you just had to learn how to do the board and everything else. But yeah, I mean, we didn't have CDs yet. CDs came into play right when I was graduating college. So I had to go albums like, like everybody else in the early 80s. So did you have a name for your show or is it just did you have a slick radio dj name was there the show wasn't yeah it wasn't slick it wasn't slick i (laughs) thought well when i wasn't doing dj stuff then i was doing sports because i'm you know this is the field i wanted to go into so i thought bob brainerd that's i mean it's good alliteration yeah but no one's gonna remember that so i thought a sport a good sports name would be skeeter (laughs) yeah skeeter brainerd and I went with that my freshman year, and I let it die my freshman year. <laughs> but uh, Skeeter, Skeeter, yeah. There were there there were <laughs> friends of mine who were also in the radio station, and they would call me Skeeter, you know, well beyond. And I would try to correct them all the time. And I think that's why they stuck with it because they knew I I kind of didn't like it after my freshman year, and said, Ah, forget, it, I'll try something else, or I'll just go back to do, being Bob Brainerd, and. Because of that, they knew it annoyed me, so they would call me Skeeter. You know what's funny? Um, Skeeter and Audius sounds like a really highly su- successful <laughs> sports talk show. Yeah. Now you could, yeah, you could have got away with that, right? You find a guy who's really a Skeeter, and it's Skeeter and Audius in the morning, right? Yeah. yeah. Skeeter and Audius in the morning. Skeeter and Audius. The Packers need to make moves. That's a bring Skeeter in says. the heat. Skeeter and Audius. <laughs> this Brewers team sucks. Skeeter and Audius. The Badgers. See, we're doing pro- 
see we got the promos already cut. <laughs> yes. Skeeter and Audius bringing the heat, the oh. high heat on the Skeeter and Audius show. I love it. I had oh, uh, in college gosh. at Winona State, uh, I had the JARP, the John Audius radio program. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably bring that back at some point here. Uh and It was alternative music. Um, and then I picked up another show. I also was the sports director, by the way, so I was doing play-by-play and everything like that Okay, uh, for the Warriors. Um, and then I picked up another show on Friday nights or every other, once a month. I don't know what it was, but I did it with my buddy Mark McPherson, who now works in television, uh, I believe in Wausau. And mm-hmm. uh, it was Jams, the John and Mark show. And it, ah. was, it was all hip-hop. We would play hip-hop. <laughs> all hip-hop? Jams, yeah. How long was this show? It was like an hour long or something on okay. a Friday. I think it was like right. 7 o'clock at night or something. I, don't, I honestly don't remember the details. Maybe it's two hours. <laughs> that's a lot of hip-hop, though. I mean, wall-to-wall hip-hop. That's oh. a lot. Even an hour, that's a lot. Yeah, but it was awesome. So our, our student station <laughs> would play jazz on Sundays and whatever and whatever, and then alternative music and then hip-hop. Uh, speaking of hip-hop, do you want to get this, uh, play this one, one last time for the people? Yeah. You read my mind, my friend. I mean, this is the perfect segue if we were on Y105, so go for it. All right, so every Friday, it's the wrap-up. I rap about what's happening in the state of Wisconsin sports-wise and nationally as well. I want to hear those comments at John Audius Radio. I already got a ton the first couple of times we played it, but uh, in case you missed it, here is this week's edition of the Friday Wrap-Up. At John Audius Radio. Number one seed, and you not not afraid to claim that since UVA lost, handle all questions with class, not groaning. Moves like Tony Bennett, not like Mick Cronin. To try to stop me, what you gonna do? I'm Jimmy Graham scoring on you when it's fourth and two. I put up 94 on you like that UConn crew, and I'll drop a triple double like LeBron did too. Pack it up, hang it up like Joe Thomas. Not gonna give it a go in 2018. See you later, NFL. Like Loyola said to Nevada when they dealt that L. Speaking of L's, the Bucks look mangled, limping down the stretch like a Giannis sprained ankle. But let's view it from a different angle. Might play better if they suited up Bango. Pack fans been waiting for help at cornerback. Goody makes his move, brings Jermon Williams back. Not a top talent, but definitely not a hack. Probably end up making big plays for the pack. Bike spent a ton on Kirk. Well, so what? The clock tick-tock until Rogers wants his cut. Then the salary cap for the pack blowing up. Got Packer fans angry screaming, John, you're not. not. Got a little UMBC in me. Flow is T-I-G-H-T. Can't you see? I-S-T-I-N-G like a B and I'll B-E-A-T. you down like Sister Jean. There you go. Yeah, there I go. You've outdone yourself. See, now you, you, you've set the bar even higher for yourself for next Friday. See, this is what I worry about, Bob. I honestly worry about this because every <laughs> Friday, and Mike's not here, but every Friday he goes, yeah, that one was better than the last one. I'm like, well, you know you're setting your me point? up for some point when it's not going to be better than the last one. And it's going to be like, oh, that's fine. Wait a minute. Was that your Mike Keller imitation? Yeah. Can you do that again? Oh, that was better than the last <laughs> one. <laughs> Wait. He sounds like Barney Rubble now all of a sudden. I know. I don't Chief know. Fred. Yeah, this it, thing is is insane. I don't know what's I don't know what's happened. I don't know how all of a sudden I started rapping on a sports talk show. But That's you're on to something. I mean, you've struck a nerve with the people out there, and so they want. And now, if somebody just tuned in to the the tail end, or if they've heard it and they want to tell their friends, where can they where can they can they download? Can is it on iTunes yet? 
You know, like, <laughs> fool if you think it's over? Or? It's no, where, can, where can they hear it again? I'm Is just, it on the website? Who's the guy that did fool if you think it's over? What's his name? Chris Ray. Chris I'm, just, Ray. I'm like Chris Ray. I keep it off iTunes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to be a jerk like Chris Ray, huh? But you can totally get it at my Twitter account, at John Audius Radio. Okay. I just posted it last hour. Uh, it's at the top, the pinned tweet there. And, uh, yeah, you can find it at the Big 1070, the Big 920.com under my blog. So, it, you know, behind the music, John, how long does that take you to put together? So how long does it take you to cobble the lyrics together first? I will say this. Got a little UB, UMBC in me. Flow is T-I-G-H-T, can't you see? I S-T-I-N-G like a B, and I'll B-E-A-T you down like Sister Jean. Took about an hour. Yeah. Not even joking. About no, an no, hour. I, yeah. Because you, I, I'm sure you lay out all your subject matter. It's like, okay, I want to touch on this and touch you. Okay, that, that's all fine and good, but then to make it flow like you do, and then the rhyming part, I mean, that's when it's like editing you know, a term paper, isn't it? It is, and you're right. That's exactly what I do. I, I write down what I want to talk about. Joe Thomas, UMBC, Virginia, uh, LeBron's triple-double, blah, 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 and I put all these UConn women scoring 94 in the first half. I put all these topics down. I find a beat, and then I try to write around it, and I'm telling you, man, it takes a long time time sometimes i'm like why am i doing this why the hell wrote me into doing this now i gotta spend two hours making a rap um yeah. but it, it does take a long time but um yeah i mean it is fun the actual original line there was i'll b-e-a-t you down like ali because i'm stinging like ah, a bee yeah but then i yeah. thought you know what i gotta get sister jean in here i never got her in so yeah, and, yeah. and that was that was the payoff at the end was the sister jean and then it's yeah. mic drop right from there. Right? I like, by the way, that you go behind the music with the Friday wrap-up. Behind the music. That's hilarious. With John Adias. Um, This has been a blast. Now, when, you look, when Mike comes back next week, how do you think the week's going to play out? The last week of March as we head into April. What do we got going on? I don't know what's going. I know we're hosting yeah. the Rich Eisen show on Monday and Tuesday, so we're doing okay. like uh, all right. What's that? Six hours of radio a day. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. What's going? We'll we'll know our final four. We'll know the final four. Brewers um, are going to get started here. Yeah, they're going to start next Thursday. I mean, that's that's weird. You know, you get an opening day. It's on the West Coast, which is weird enough. And then it's, it's it doesn't even start on a Monday. And and lately we've had you know the Sunday games where you had that handful of Sunday games, and you go okay just to kind of kick things off. And then Monday it's it's you know full throttle, but now it's a Thursday. You know it is going to be pretty Weird. strange, right? Starting yeah. on a Thursday, March twenty yeah. ninth. Yeah. yeah, really strange. But you know if you're in this state and you just you're wait, waiting for baseball, you don't care when it starts. I mean the sooner the better, right? So. That'll, we'll have anticipation of watching the Brewers play games for real next Thursday. Could be some Packer moves that happen between now and then as, you know, maybe something else happens that excites the fan base and gets them excited for the draft. That's what, what people, if you don't like Tremont Williams, if you're just sort of okay with Tremont Williams, just wait. There might be a few more moves in Brian Gutekunst's back pocket. And then if the table is set for the draft, You'll feel a lot better than yourself. I want to thank my pal John Adias for pressing all the buttons. Thank all my guests today, Todd Rosiak, Joe Sherburn, Brian Butch, and Scott Nelson for dropping in and dropping some knowledge. Mike Keller is back next Monday, so I'm going to leave the seat and make sure it's nice and cold when he returns from the wharf. Mr. Adias, I thank you for all your support it was a these blast. past two days. Thank you, Bob. It was a blast. A blast indeed. Bob Brainerd saying so long. Thank you 
for bringing the weekend to us. And join Mike and John next Monday at the regular scheduled time with the regular scheduled people on the Mike Heller Show. See ya! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.